It's like this little dirty little bass line. I don't fucking care. Can we move on to a new segment, please? Welcome to Just Two Fans, a sports show about sports. Obviously. About life. Because sports are life. And about just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. So, uh, let's go. What is up, everybody? It's good, y'all. I'm Jamie Friedlander. That's Eli Johnson and Chris Burkhart. Words. Still here. He's still here, guys. Still, still here. hanging out, looking like he's in the Trailblazers locker room. <laughs> That's me. He's tired. He did two radio shows yeah, today because he's famous. I'm exhausted, and he's gonna make our show famous. So we're all gonna get fucking rich, baby. Mm-mm-mm. I like that. I like Good that line Jake. of thinking. Let's yeah. go with that. Okay, cool. That is how it works. Uh, so, um, I got. I got to tell you guys. I learned. I learned something new this week. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the name Jason Carter? No. Yes, I think so. Chris, you? No. I'd be kind of surprised if you would. Um, so, uh, Chris, Chris, uh, or Jason Carter, is uh, four foot nine inches, which is pretty incredible because he played football at Rice. So, that's. Oh, I see what you did there. Guess what that means? We're talking college football, ladies and gents. So everybody crack a beer. Let's get ready to go. Cause it is beer of the week. It's about fucking time. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Um Ugh, it's good shit. From Steamworks Brewing. I have uh, that's, it's a Canadian beer. <laughs> Canadian, um, from Vancouver, Canada, Lionsgate Lager. Give her a go. Is there a lion on the can? Uh, well, there's a lion over the gate to a bridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little station wagon with a canoe on top that's not strapped down. That's dangerous. It almost looks like the Bridge of the Gods. It's weird. Anyways, ASMR. Asimer. Clean. Asimer. That's my Asimer. Welcome to my channel. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Usually you don't get a whole lot of unique flavors out of a lager. This one you kind of do. Um, it's really nice. It's pretty sweet. Really clean finish. Nice. Hold on. I'm going to give it a 4.5. It's good beer. Oh, good yeah. lager. Nice and clean. That's, that's, Love that for me. That's nice. All right. I have. That's nice. I have Wookbait IPA. Wookbait? Wook. W-O-O-K. Like W-O-O-K. Like weird, like hippie wooks? I don't know. It's from Left Hand Brewing Company. It's wigging out here, but here's the can. Yeah. Okay. A Wook is a dirty, vagranty variety of hippie. 
just in case you're wondering. Dirty and vagranty. We'll see what happens with this IPA. It's from Left Hand Brewing Company in Long Long, Colorado. Not bad. Does it does it taste like a homeless man? <laughs> Smells very fruity. Does not smell like a homeless man. Doesn't taste very fruity. That's interesting. Interesting. Fruity on the nose is really parfumed. This is really good. It's um I'm really thrown off by the smell. Like I would expect this to be a fruity IPA, and it's just not. Interesting. It's, it's very floral? good. It's not bad. Is it bitter? It's a little bitter. There's just not I'm thrown off because I'm like expecting all these like wild <laughs> Tastes botanical, botanical yeah. or fruity tastes, and it's just not there. But it's good. Like I'm not saying it's bad by any stretch, but it's like mostly standard IPA. Yeah, it's it's an IPA. Um, I you know three point five. I'd buy it again. I I bought a cool. six pack. I'll drink it, but like it's nothing nice. Nothing to write I home bought- about. I bought mine as a single can this week because I was at the liquor store and I went, I went to the liquor store literally to get one can of beer. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wouldn't, that's what I'm <laughs> normally going to do, but, uh, and then I happened then to I be walked at the grocery out store today of the liquor store with two bottles of booze and a single can of beer because Are the liquor store in my house was having an insane sale. They're doing two for one. What'd you get? Two for the price of one. So I got like a really nice, like very nice whiskey. I can't think of the brand of it right now because it's something I, I like to try new stuff, right? Yeah. So I got a brand, I got a new whiskey, super nice whiskey. And then I got a really nice mezcal. Nice. As well, which I don't know if you've had mezcal, but it's a fun drink for cocktails like smoky tequila. It's interesting. Very interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, so I got I got like two bottles. I got and they're like nice, right? It's not like yeah, it's not like I was like it's not like fucking swill, right? You know, two nice bottles of booze for like eighty bucks. I'm working on my whiskey collection currently. I think I'm up to like I'm close to twenty. Seriously? Yeah. Damn, I I thought I was like doing okay. I got like five over there. One, two, nice three. stuff. You got anything? You got anything rare? Oh, got anything I, cool? I do. There are some. I have some, yeah, I have like some what? good bottles. Let me hear it. Hold on. We, we, we're me, still vamping since Chris them. is on the phone. I can still hear you. Hold on. Listener, we're, uh, we're vamping while Chris is doing his thing on the other end. He's he's just more important than us. You know, he's just got so much going on. He's, you know, he's like a radio host. He's a po- sometimes podcast host. I guess not really right now because look what I'm doing. You know, and then there's Jamie over there grabbing some whiskey because, you know, we're vamping. We're just, we're just vamping. Right. I don't know. Maybe we'll have Jasper cut this out. We'll figure it out. Who cares? I heard you the whole time. It's great. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> all right. So the three that I have, there's one. It's called the Sassanac. It's a scotch. And it okay. is made by one of the uh, stars of Outlander. If you watch that show. Uh, I don't. but You should. Very good show. Also, for good things. Also, very good scotch. Not super really? smoky. Okay, I usually, I usually stay away from like celebrity alcohols. It's really good. Okay, I'll just, I'll, I like it, and I'm not a big scotch guy. 
I enjoy it a lot. Okay. It's not nice. super smoky, so like if you're if you're not into the smoky side of scotch, it's gonna it'll hit you. This is one of my favorite bottles that I have, and I have not drank much of it because I like it so much. Hold on, let me take my background off so you can see it. Yeah, I got I gotta see this. I gotta see this. I have this is Kentucky Owl. Oh, I've heard about that. It is it is yummy. But yeah. I save it because I've had this for probably six months and that's how much I've had. So you can see that Oh wow. I'm trying to savor. And then this I got as a gift. Um, this is a Colorado bourbon. Uh, it's called 291. Never heard of it. It is pretty very, good though. It's very good. Yeah, I um I mean the best bottle of bourbon right now i don't have anything like crazy but um there's a there's a distillery out here that's um it's called freeland uh distillery mm-hmm. and it's it's a woman-owned uh distillery which like you don't I've see that very too. much oh nice Me. Um, go get it's, the bottle, it's, it's awesome keep talking it's genuinely one of the best bourbons i've ever had and it's only like it's like 60 bucks so it's really not that bad uh, when it comes to bourbons. But, All right. So yeah, what it's, I got here is good. the Waves of Wheat by West Coast. <laughs> it's American Wheat Pale Ale. And that's my luck, guys, as I interrupt here, that all I wanted to do was just start this goddamn show so I could open this beer after my long day. And, of course, <laughs> right as you – it's like you're about to pass it off to me. I get a phone call that I have to take. Ugh. Yeah. That's <laughs> what happens when you have a job. It's okay. We things. talked about whiskey for a good five minutes. I know, minutes and there. it was annoying because I saw him hold it up to the screen. I'm like, that looks really good. I haven't had a I haven't had here's, a good whiskey or tequila in a while. Here's my here's the one that's women owned, and you can tell. Oh boobies. Because this bottle is dope. There's boobies on the Pretty bottle. Cool. Yeah, it's a woman. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I know this sounds weird, but I don't no, give a fuck about. American I don't woman. give a fuck about the boobies on the beer. Can I just open or on the bottle? Can I just open my fucking beer, please? You can do whatever you want, dude. Uh, wait, I'm even waiting on you, bro. <laughs> oh, it's delicious. It's a five. It's a five out that... of five because I needed it so bad. <laughs> so what is it actually, though? Uh solid three five. It's not bad. I, I mean, it's a wheat beer. I still prefer a half if I go wheat, but. Got a beautiful can, very weedy, which I do like that. I hate when I get a wheat beer and then you can't taste it. It's like, what the hell? No, it's a solid three five. I'd buy it again, but I think it just tastes extra good because because I'm right here and you know, woohoo, here we are. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. guys. I'm supposed to be a fucking hell, professional, yeah. and this fucking thing's just off the rails already. It's all good. <laughs> if you we think you have to be professional dude, on this yeah. show, yeah. you really don't belong here, dog. <laughs> <laughs> also, we you, got to talk about whiskey for the last half a year you've been on the show. <laughs> we've talked about whiskey. We got this. Yeah, we're, fine. we're fine. It's we're good. fine. And and you know, some of our I know some of our listeners love whiskey and bourbon. Yeah. Maybe they just maybe they just found a new whiskey or bourbon. Maybe and they they're going to be like, "Wow, thanks just two fans." Plus, Chris, you guys fucking kick ass. <laughs> yep, because we do. So that's what's going to happen. Maybe we should be the commissioners of whiskey and sports. Yeah. Fuck, that would be a great job. <laughs> just, 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 just black out drunk on really nice fucking pitch clock, baby. You want to know something crazy, though, Eli? As you said, uh, I should know by now for the last half year I've been here. According to... Uh, our file upload system 
It's been over a year since I've been joining this show. <laughs> over really? a year? Yeah, I did the one-off, which was the Commissioner of Sports Movies, which was Little Giants, but uh, August 2nd, and then August 31st was when I started coming in, so last football wow. season. It's been a year. That was a quick year. Well, happy one year yeah. on the show. I'm almost like... Was God. that when you were doing cold takes? Yeah. Or cold ones? Yeah, cold uh, ones I, I was Chris. still part. It still counted. It did count. Still counts. Still I'm counts. I'm so glad we moved on for it. It was a f- fun idea in 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 theory. It just in it was sucked great in practice. In theory, it just it just turned into us doing the episode twice. Yeah, once you know. with us, yeah. and then once with Chris's input. You know what it would have been is it was a good idea if we were at like an ESPN or something and had production power and people to actually right. produce a show. It was a cool idea. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Moving on. Agreed. All right. Uh, this week. We're going to talk about some baseball. We're going to talk about lots of football, NFL, NCAA. But we're going to start with podium. And in podium, I'm going to start with asking Chris about some NBA updates because I've seen these come across the ticker and I haven't really paid attention to them. But I want Chris's input on what's going on in Phoenix and Boston specifically because it seems like a shit show in both places right now. All right, real and Eli, quick. if you have yeah. takes, go ahead and throw them in there too. Uh, what's going on? Oh, I've never. Shy. What's going on in Phoenix is crazy. So obviously, for those of you who don't know, uh, there was a little bit of an investigation there to the owner of the team, Robert Sarver, came out that there's been some very um, questionable practices of his, repeating of the N-word on multiple occasions, uh, very sexist, very misogynistic, basically kind of creating a hostile work environment, stories of him uh, pantsing a co-worker in a meeting in front of the entire team, and I don't what? mean like basketball <laughs> team, I mean like the team of co-workers, like just all sorts of shit. Uh, so Sorry, the NBA came out. at all. It's just No, and there's ridiculous. more, and the, the NBA came out, and the NBA uh, suspended him uh, for... Uh, you know, what was it? It was a year, I believe it was, or some shit like that. Also, is there like anything least, like less effective than fucking suspending an owner? Well, no, this right. is the thing. What does that no, even do? There's two, there's, there's a couple things here. So, uh, suspending this owner, I think this was a, a case of, I hate to use this term because it's overplayed, um, but I'm going to use it because it makes sense here. Uh, but this is a case of, uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, uh, play, playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers, right? So I thought he had a good statement in his um, press conference about it, and they asked about you know drawing a line in the sand for owners, and he said that he has to take every individual case on a case-by-case basis. They can't draw a line in the sand because if you draw a line in the sand, then every single owner is going to do as much as they can up to that line without going over, and you've created this precedence of how far someone can go. So you have to do it on a case-by-case basis, and when you suspend Sarver and you let all this stuff come out, Jesus, then it takes care of itself because what happened was all of a sudden you started feeling pressure from the outside. So PayPal came in. PayPal is the jersey sponsor of the Phoenix Suns. They said that they are no longer going to be the jersey sponsor of the team beyond this season if Robert Sarver is still the owner. Then you had pressure from minority owners coming in saying that they request that he sells his stake in the team. Then you had LeBron James and a couple members of the NBA PA 
going out there and kind of supporting um, the players on the team and the organization and wanting Sarver out. So all of a sudden, now you had a vocal majority coming out and money was on the line. And the minute money was on the line, Sarver Sarver had to get out. So there's already reports now Sarver is looking to sell the team and he's going to move on. It's a little bit different than the um, Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers a few years back is where they had the extremely racist content on tape um and that was an easy easy kill shot for the nba to say yeah you're toast bye this one was just a little bit different but again silver put it so that hey there's no way for this to not happen it's going to take care of itself and it did um but still a sticky situation jake crowder is asked out of phoenix you just got deandre ayton who re-signed there he sounds stoked to be there i say sarcastically as uh, if you would have heard in his press conference <laughs> today um so it's interesting what's going on there but it's going to be for the better because it looks like that pos is moving on um so there there's the drama in phoenix now the real drama like the real housewives of the nba drama <laughs> it's going on in Boston, where it has been reported that head coach Ime Udoka is now suspended indefinitely uh, because he uh, was having uh, not in a not it's like an affair. I don't know the everyone wants to automatically jump to an affair and this and that. A I don't know the ins and outs of his and his fiance's relationship. Uh, they were not married. Don't know if they had an open relationship or not. So I just don't know if it was a legit dude was having an affair, but he was having uh, relations with a female staff member in Boston. Now there's various reports out there. Some of them say it's a, it was a female staff member. Some people say it was the wife of a male staff member who happened to be with the team. Like there's all sorts of shit out there. Um, Again, you don't know what to believe. The sick part is, I thought it was poor journalism by Adrian Wojnarowski uh, to just go out there and randomly say, uh, say that it was a female staffer. That's basically all the info he gave. So that internet detectives decided to go out there and just smeared almost every single female staffer that they could. Some of them I know personally. Um, some of them you guys know, one of them being Amanda, Amanda Flugrad, Flugrad. Former Oregon Duck cheerleader who went to school at the same time we did has been being smeared online as well. Oh, maybe she's the one that was sleeping with Ime Udoka. And she's not. Uh, I know that one for a fact that she's not the one involved. Um, but it's just gross. It's just gross that people are going through the in the staff list and basically tagging every single female staffer they could. And this is the one that he's 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 sleeping with or this and that. Now, the story gets crazier, though, guys, because apparently this has been going on for a while. And the reports now are that, it, that, that again, so the reports have now come to the point that it was the, the wife of, of, of someone. And the reports are that the husband found out by watching video back of his ring doorbell camera and finding audio on the ring doorbell camera of them having an explicit conversation. Like, this shit's wild. Jesus. So the thing is here with email, like what, what Sarver did created a hostile work environment was just gross. Like when you're going around, he, he, he was basically, he was, he said N-bombs, but protected his, uh, it wasn't racist. Cause he's, oh, I was just repeating what other people said. It's like, yeah, I really enjoy tech nine, the rapper, but when it gets to, and I li- love to sing his songs, but when it gets to the N-bomb in his song, I self edit because I know I'm not allowed to even repeat it. I'm not stupid, but Robert Sarver is, right? Uh, and so you created this <laughs> yeah. hostile work environment. You did stuff that was questionable. Some stuff like, I mean, legit harassment, pantsing an employee in front of everyone. What Eme did, everyone automatically wants to go to 
what he did or was there domestic was there this was that so far it just sounds like it's nothing illegal it was two consenting adults there are some reports coming out that that might have gone beyond that if it went beyond that then whoa boy howdy it's i mean i don't even want to dive into that that's gross and he shouldn't be allowed to coach again if there was anything there that's, so but, that's like the thing for me is like when i'm going through the story i was looking at going like what here warrants a full year yeah Right, like having an affair or, you know, stepping out on your relationship, which it does sound like he was stepping out. Like I saw like a thing from his fiance that was mm-hmm. pretty scathing. Right. Um, so like you guys know you who know, his fiance probably, is, right? Uh, no, I don't. I just saw that his fiance, fiance is Nia Long, Hollywood actress. You guys might know her better as Lisa, Will Smith's girlfriend on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, I like, I knew I'd like recognized her, right. but anyways, um, like, so I'm like sitting there going, like, really, like, I mean, stepping out of your relationship happens all of the time in the mm-hmm. like uh, near in constant life. rate. Yeah. And like, yeah. Like, in, uh, but like, especially in the NBA, right? You hear this all the time. And so I'm wondering, like, where does this warrant a full year suspension? I'm guessing it has to, it has to be more than what's come down so far. Oh, if for it to warrant that, I think there's a lot that people don't know. Um, but yeah. again, um, I just, I don't know if any of the stuff he actually did was like, again, it was anything that anyone would consider um, grotesque or against the law or hostile or, or any of that. So the odds of him coaching in the NBA again, pretty high. The odds of him coaching with the Boston Celtics again are very, very low at this point. But this is why I love the NBA, guys. You guys don't follow it enough. This is why I love the NBA. It's it's the old meme. It's we zero days without drama, baby. There's always something to talk about. (laughs) Seriously. But I will say this. I will say this. Um, as a guy who's a classically trained, uh, integrity-filled journalist, professional journalist, who films and records this podcast with two wannabe journalists, but still journalists, I will. I, I really appreciate you calling us journalists of any form. I figured. That's why I threw it out there. No, uh, but, but all joking aside, you guys know I love you. I, j- I joke because I love. Uh, this honestly has been an absolute – for anyone who listens to this show who happens to be in journalism school, if there's any of you – I, I want you to honestly take a look at what's gone down with Ime Udoka in Boston and realize that this is an absolute masterclass at shit journalism. Everyone jumping to the gun to try to be first to market on on a story to break the story. But like again, Adrian Wojnarowski, I thought that was incredibly irresponsible. You were you were trying to be first to break the story, but when you broke said story via Twitter, you offered zero context to the story, and you allowed Twitter to fill that story. And when Twitter did that again, you had all the internet sleuths come out, and that it became very gross very quick. And the rumor mill, I don't know in any NBA story that I've covered or been around. And I have some good sourcing on this one. I don't know if I've ever seen one where the rumor mill just got so out of control so quick. Everyone jumps in. Everyone has to have something to say. Honest to God, this is the first time I've said anything about Ime Udoka. And this story is almost a week old now. Journalists out there, it is okay to be last to market and and be most factual rather than be first to market and have to go back and say, oh, we were redacting this statement because we were wrong. You got to say, no, 
accuracy matters in, in situations like this. Don't be so quick to jump. Accuracy matters always. Always. I mean, let's always. Be, yeah. I mean, that should be in the first and foremost. Except, except, Jamie, pay attention to how modern journalism has worked. Because first, oh, I, first to market it. has changed journalism. How many times do you see totally get it. any news station? And that's just sports. Say it's Fox News or CNN or what have you. How many times do you see one of them try to be first to market? And they are first. They break a story. But then hours later, like I said, oh, we have to, you know, we have to take back something we said. We, we apologize. That yeah. was not factual. This is the actual story. But then they're still leaning on how they were the first to report it. Like, no, you weren't first to report it. You were first to tell a lie. Like, be be factual. I will always contend that. I think it was a Colin Coward uh, was another one who said that years and years ago. But even he is quick to judge because, you know, radio and things have changed. But no, being being late to market, but most accurate will always be more important than being first to market. Yeah. That was a long sure. podium, number one. What's number two? <laughs> number two is going to be much shorter. Uh, it's mostly just a reaction. The NFL is ending the Pro Bowl, and they're, re yeah. they're replacing it with the Pro Bowl games, which is essentially just the skills competition on steroids. And I think it's going to end with, like, a flag football game. Yeah. Oh, so. Did I not say that this needed to happen, like, just a couple weeks ago? Oh, it for sure needed. I mean, yes, you did say that, and it is definitely needed. It's exciting. I, I, they need to take a, a, a page out of the um, the NHL's playbook here. I think the NHL does a really cool all-star game with their skill challenges and things like that outside of a game. Like I loved as a kid, I don't know if you guys did, but I, as a kid, I loved what, when they actually did a lot of like the the passing challenges at the Pro Bowl and the different games. Of the, like That yeah. stuff, I think, is cool. Like I want to see... Uh, accuracy contest between Brady Rogers and Mahomes. Like I'd eat that up over the game all day long. I think shit like that's cool. I absolutely. I mean, like here's the thing. It's like the the skills challenges are the things that set apart pros from normal people, right? Because anybody can go out and throw a couple passes. Like I mean, obviously, like you can't like in a game. Like it'd be different. But like this is where you can highlight because like you know I can go out tomorrow and try to go throw a, a football at an upright and I'll maybe hit it now every now and then, but to watch them be like, okay, I'm going to hit that dot on the upright wham. Like, you know, they're, they're throwing 30 yard down, like 30 yards downfield and hitting this tiny little net. That the football barely goes through. That's what real, that's when you say, Oh fuck, these guys are really goddamn good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how, how many times throughout the year I see the, old skills competition videos of like Joe Flacco doing his first uh, long throw competition in the pro bowl when he threw the ball, like 78 yards or something ridiculous. Yeah. It was like, you, nobody can do that. You know what they should really do though? I mean, they're doing the pro bowl now in Las Vegas. Cause Las Vegas is becoming like one of the coolest sports cities in the world. Um, they should just really, really lean is. in, really lean into Las Vegas and be like, all right, now we have like, I want to see like NFC offensive lineman, AFC offensive lineman, flip cup, beer pong. Fuck just like yeah. lean be into incredible. Vegas. Beer Olympics, beer Olympics, <laughs> beer, be beer Olympics that with be offensive incredible. linemen. Hell no, yeah. So HBO should just do that that weekend, like off to the side. Cause you know, ESPN's never going to sponsor that. But if you did like an HBO, like like um, hard knock spinoff, just like a Pro That'd Bowl weekend, and it's That'd all the great. partying that they do. <laughs> that 
needs to happen. Make us also, the commissioner. Uh, we'll make this shit happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to hijack this necessarily, but um, you said like Vegas is becoming a cool sports town. Uh, their F one track is gonna suck ass. It is gonna suck. Just so it's. I saw everything. Like Cameron, and I had a very long discussion about it. It's terrible. It's gonna be a terrible track. Yeah, they're racing just absolutely off. They're racing it at night too, aren't they? That's gonna be yeah. Late at night. At night. I imagine so. That's gonna be sick. Eight, eleven it'll, p.m. It'll Eastern look, time. It'll look fun. It's going to be a bad race. It's just it's there's no elevation change at all. I mean, it's hard so, to do like, that. The problem it's a flat is fucking there's city. so many. I know, but like there's so many like F1 ready tracks in the United States. Yeah, and they're just. I mean, the they're, problem they're is just like oh, we're going to do a street race in Vegas. Well, street race is fine if you make the course interesting. Yeah, yeah, like the track just sucks. Yeah, it's just not good. You say that now. I'm going to eat it up. Oh, I'm I'm gonna watch the shit out of it, and it's gonna look phenomenal, just because yeah, you're going be down the strip. It's here's the thing, it's going to be fun. It's not going to be a great race. Yeah, Whatever you say, because it's like, but they're saying like it's basically there's like they're just trying to take out skill and like they're just like oh let's just see top speeds right because like that's what everybody wants right they want car go fast, um and so it's just like. If Red Bull continues what they're doing with their research and development, Red Bull's going to win that hands down because of the fastest in the straight. It's just not even going to be close. Anyways, it, don't want to hijack it too much. I but. think it sucks, but you never know. Still got to do the race. Yep. I'm hyped. I'm Still got to do the race. All right. Last but not least, maybe least, this one's kind of boring. I just had to find something to put in the last podium spot. Um, Canada's dropping their vaccine mandate for all athletes and visitors, so you're no longer going to have athletes that can't travel with their teams to Canada. Cool. Did you guys hear? COVID's over, baby! It is. It's over. Ooh. We're done. We did it. It's done. It's never. Nobody's ever getting in again. Cool. So, Canada... Who cares about America's hat? You know? <laughs> that make, like, I don't even Alaska? know what to do with that. Does that make Alaska so. <laughs> America's ponytail? Or what is that? Yes. Yes. Hmm. All right. It's even shaped like that. That's what I'm saying. Just imagine what Florida is. <sighs> wiener. It's a wiener. <laughs> it's a wiener. <laughs> All right. Moving along. That was podium. Baseball. Entering the final week of play now. I've said that like three weeks in a row. Now we are actually entering the final week of play. Uh, some interesting races going on in the uh, playoff chase. But I want to start with Albert Pujols, who became the fourth player to reach the 700 home run mark on Friday. Good for him, man. I've always loved watching Albert Pujols. First of all, he plays first base, which is what I played in high school. And um, he's just always been like a pure guy with no like controversy or anything. And to just watch him do this relatively quietly, at least for the past seven, eight years, um, is just kind of cool. He is. Uh, No, he's like, he's like his era. Because I know he's playing right now, but he's a different era of baseball, right, than, like, Mike Trout. 
um, just the way their primes aligned. Um, mm-hmm. But like he's his era is Mike Trout. Just for some reason, Major League Baseball did such a better job of putting eyeballs on him than they have current stars. Because I remember growing up not giving an absolute shit about the St. Louis Cardinals, but loving Albert Pujols loving albert pools and the story doesn't get any better going back to st louis to end his career for sure having a couple down years there uh, towards the end and then all of a sudden like this guy is just i mean he's got what 21 home runs right now the dude's just hitting bangers so he's a he's be, he's a it's like the best it's like the best two months of his career it's in, it's incredible it's it's a great end and i think you love to see it um Pujols absolutely deserves 700. I, I do wish that maybe in, uh, Major League Baseball, again, we've talked this ad nauseum about their inability to market their shit. I, I wish they would have pushed it a little bit harder on this. A long history of this sport, over 100 years plus, and four guys have hit this number. And, uh, honestly. Yeah, and one of them, everyone pretends like he didn't play the game, which is horseshit. I feel like people should respect what Barry Bonds did. I don't give a fuck about PEDs because everyone was doing them in that era. So asterisk the entire era, but still understand that it was part of their history. But seriously, four people have done it, and Albert Pujols is not getting a ton of love outside of the baseball community, and everyone should just be all over this. It's freaking incredible. Yeah, I mean... I, I I feel like like it's been given like proper due on like Sports Center and stuff. I just don't think people like appreciate that, you know, other than Barry Bonds, who does get an asterisk, but nobody's done this since nineteen seventy six when Hank Aaron did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like, forty five yeah. years ago. Yep. Like I said, and Bonds deserve I mean, honestly. I think, yeah. And bon- I honestly believe Bonds deserves praise because that era he, of baseball was sure crazy. Uh, put the asterisk sure there. That's fine. Sure. But he deserves yeah, to and be there should understood. Be. Yeah. Um, right. But like, you can't say he didn't do it. Like, you but can't when you're just talking, pretend that he didn't hit 700 yeah, home runs. But when you're talking clean, historic hitters, like, we'll see where like guys like Trout and Aaron Judge end when their careers are done. But Pujols might be one of the best since like a Griffey. Because had a Griffey not got hurt, he probably would have hit 700 too, uh, which would have been incredible. This Those injuries caught up to him quick. That's, that's the point, though, that I don't think enough people are, are making, is it's one thing to be great or to be the best player uh, in the sport for some period of time. It's another thing to do it consistently for 20-plus years, which is what it takes to hit this kind of milestone. I mean, Albert Pujols came into the league in 2001. So he's been doing this for 21 years. I mean, think about this for a second. So Albert Pujols, like you just said, he came in the league in 2001. He did not. There were kids in the league who weren't born yet. Exactly. But he came in the league in 2001, jumped on the scene, um, won rookie of the year, hit 37 home runs. He didn't hit fewer than 30 home runs until 2013. Jesus. When he hit 17, but he only played in 99 games. He was hurt. Yeah, he was like hurt. He only played in 99 games. So it's just like, dude, like 37 home runs. They're like, oh, this guy's got no bomb after bomb after bomb. And just, I I got nothing bad to say. I've always loved Albert Wall. It just, it's one of those stats that like, you're like, yeah, he hit 700 700 home runs. Cool. And then to realize what it takes to do that, it's just, 
unbelievably difficult to be that good for that long and hit that many home runs and stay relatively healthy in that whole space. Like, that's why Mike Trout's not going to do it because he can't stay on the baseball field. I'll tell you right now, Mike Trout's not going to hit 700 home runs. Yeah, it just sucks because, I mean, he had the uh, a few, well, that one year, missed a bunch of games. He had to deal with COVID, all that nonsense. Like, had you not had that season where you played less than 100 games, had you not had to deal with the COVID seasons, like, the guy probably would have hit those extra 15 to pass Ruth, which would have been, I mean, that would have been incredible. Cause I, I, it's one of those things like similar to what Aaron judge is doing right now with 61, like, yeah, you know, 755 is, is a good number. So 762, but that 715 of Ruth is like, that's the number. Once you get there, you've hit elite, elite status, even more elite than 700, even though 700 is only four people have done it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's about as elite as it gets. And, you know, Aaron Judge Aaron Judge is probably the one on that list that you mentioned of current players that could hit that mark because he's stayed relatively healthy uh, throughout his career. But it's just hard to see. I mean, like, it's been a 45-year gap since somebody did it. Almost half a century has passed since we've seen this. It's just hard to imagine many people doing it. Even in an era in baseball where long ball is king, just longevity and health aren't what they were. I mean, longevity is the real big aspect of that, right? Like, and, like I get consistency along that span. Like, if you really like break it down, like you have to, yeah, you have to hit. If you're in the league twenty years, you have to hit thirty five bombs a year. That's a lot. That's a lot every single year. Like that. I don't think people realize that it, like having to hit 35 bombs a year is insane. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge has played six and a half seasons because of COVID in 2020, and he has 218 home runs. Um, I guess his first year doesn't really count because he only played 27 games. So, But he hasn't played more than – like this year is the most games he's – Second most games he's played in a season with one week week left. It'll probably be the most at 155. And yeah, um, you know, he hit in 2018 and 2019. He only hit 27 home runs. Only that's still a lot, but like that's you you need to get more of these 60 home run seasons to get to that number. And especially being as big as he is, it's just hard to see his body lasting for a 20 year career. Also, these guys make ridiculous money now, so (laughs) they don't have to play that long. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's Pujols. As we have previously mentioned, Aaron judge is still waiting on that number 61. Sitting at 60. Um, hard to see it not happening. I hope it does. I it's this is gonna be the most historic home run moment outside of Bonds breaking the actual single season record. The fact mm-hmm. that that because again, just like I said, 715 is there's something special about it. 61. No matter what the home run record is, if it's ever if Bonds' number's ever broken, 61 is just always going to be the number. And the fact that it could be tied or beat 
buy a Yankee, I think is incredible. It's I hate yeah. it because I'm a Red Sox, but as a baseball purist, it's just <laughs> it's an incredible story, dude. I don't, I don't know if you've seen like the stuff that like when they're at home, like it's like the least amount the bathrooms have ever been used. <laughs> like because nobody wants to leave. When Why? He's how to could bat. you? Like, what sucks right now is he's, he's having a quote home run slump. And it's the worst kind of slump. Jamie, you know this as a baseball player. Because it's not a slump where he's not making good contact. He's still hammering the shit out of the ball. It's just to the warning track or straight to a glove. Like, he's he's just, he's still hitting the ball really, really well. It's just not getting out of the park. I had one of those slumps to end my high school career. I was just hitting the shit out of the ball every play, and I went like 0 for 15. Like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> But it's how it goes in baseball. Baseball's a big bitch sometimes. My claim to fame in baseball is my senior year. I had the fewest at-bats on the team, but I led the team in hit-by-pitches. I led the team in hit-by-pitches. You were that asshole that crowded the plate. No, I don't even. Th- I didn't even crowd. I just, I just had a target on my back. I guess it was dumb mm-hmm. though, because if I got hit by a pitch, it turned You're into a, a talker, double because I couldn't get thrown <laughs> you were out. A talker, weren't you? Chris got up to play like, "Hey, bitch!" It's scary. You throw it down the middle. Uh, no, because I couldn't hit <laughs> See worth what shit. Happens. And the thing is, I couldn't hit worth shit, but I still talk shit. Did you yeah, did you do the talker. you you lean away but also in a little bit? <laughs> oh, everybody ah! did that. Come on now. My favorite. Story time. My favorite was had this catcher that we were playing against, Central Catholic, just fucking idiot. He's talking to me right at the start of the game. And his pitcher wasn't accurate. I told him, I go, you better not let me on because if you walk me, it's like a 3-0 count. I go, I'm stealing first pitch and there ain't no way in hell you're throwing me out. Ball four. I turn around, drop my bat. I look at him. Ump sees it too, and he laughs, which is great. Because I look at the catcher and I go, "Hey, just a reminder, I'm stealing first pitch, and you're not going to throw me out." And he he goes off. He's like, "Bullshit! I'm you ain't doing. I got you." Even the ump's like, "Yo, yo, yo, tone it down." So the guy was like livid as I'm not talking shit. I still I I go to first base. Dude tries to pick me off three times in a row. I get back every time. <laughs> Fourth pitch, slide step, throws a fastball out like they, it's a pitch out. Catcher doesn't even make a throw, and I get into second base standing up. <laughs> a couple pitches later, guy nice. hits a, guy hits a single. I come in to score. That catcher's heads down, doesn't say a word. All I say is "told you" as I score. Dude didn't even look to me, didn't shake my hand. End of the game. Like I won, I won, and it's my favorite baseball story the best ever. Feeling in the world. <laughs> it's awesome. When you when you back Love up your shit, shit like talk, that. is yeah. like the yep. greatest feeling in the world. It is the best. When you get it thrown back in your face, though, it's one of the worst. It happens. I, it- I I got to deliver that justice one time in football. This little this little guy came out and he was like, "You're gonna be my bitch all game. You're gonna be my bitch all game." And he was he was an offensive lineman. I swear to God, he was like five two. And <laughs> I was just like, I line up and they they returned a kick to the two yard line, right? I line up. And the, the, he's, you're going to be my bitch all game. You're going to be my bitch all game. I was like, grow six inches and maybe we'll talk. And then uh, he kept doing it. He just kept talking shit. And I got a goal line stand by myself. All four tackles, this guy. <laughs> nice. it, was, it was the greatest. And then he didn't. He was not put on me the rest of the game. He was out, gone. Kid was not in the rest yeah. of the game. That kid's name? I delivered that justice. Aaron Donald. 
Aaron Donald. Look at him now, kids. Hitting 63 home runs. You 5'2", Aaron Donald. Uh, that's pretty funny. All right. Quick standings update going into the final week of the MLB. Uh, the Yankees have clinched the AL East. The Red Sox have been eliminated from the playoffs. Sorry, Chris. RIP, baby. At least they're not the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> they have pretty close oh. to the same record, dude. But they're not the Colorado Rockies. They're not arguably worse to be the Red Sox with the players they have and be that bad. Hey, you got a World Series win over the Rockies. Yeah. Guys. Guys, guys, we're getting nowhere with this. Let's move on from this. The Cleveland Guardians have clinched a playoff spot. Somehow haven't clinched the division. Oh, they have clinched the division. Hey, being, um, a, being a Red Sox fan on that one, boy, howdy. Uh, Terry Francona, one of the he's one of the best managers to ever manage baseball. I don't care. He's not the best, but he, he is up there, dude. Obviously, what he sure. did with the Red Sox, 04, like you win, you win World Series with that team with the curse. What you're doing with the Guardians is, is he, God. He is one of the best managers in baseball, and it's not even close, Agreed. dude. I love Agreed. Tito. Agreed. <clears throat> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the Astros have also clinched the God. That's boring. AL West. Uh, so now the wild card chase in the American League comes down to the Blue Jays, Rays, Mariners, Orioles, White Sox, and Twins as the teams so, that are still alive. I was, I was, I was like, I, you know, I've been, I've been following the Mariners really close in this playoff run here, um, and I was like, I was looking at it, it says, oh, they have a ninety nine point nine percent chance, and I was like, okay, they only have, a, they're only four games up on Baltimore, which is like not, like it's not like it's. Not easy to make four games up, but it's not super hard, right? Um, I was like, how do they have a 99, like not 99.9% hard? And then I looked at their schedules, and boy, howdy, the Mariners, okay, the Mariners are at home now against the Rangers, and then they play the A's, and then they play Detroit, all at home. All of them at home. Easy as hell. Those are right? three of the four bottom teams in the American League for those listening. Yes. Okay. And then, so I'm like, okay, what, what if the Orioles try to catch them? The Orioles, on the other hand, have to, hold on, it's loading. Loading. I should have had this up. I know. I understand. I get it. Um, they go to Boston. Then they go to New York to play the Yankees. And then they play Toronto at home. Ouch. Yeah, as of, pretty rough. But as of this recording, and, they're up fourteen to eight on the Red Sox. <laughs> still, I mean, then they have to go play the Yankees, um, <laughs> and then um, then the Blue Jays have New York, Boston, and then Baltimore. So tough, tougher, definitely tougher than the Mariners for sure. Um, and then the Rays, I believe, also have the Yankees. Like it's just like. The Rays have the Guardians, then Houston, then Boston. So it's just like, okay, the Mariners should do this. <laughs> they should do this. They so there's should what, do it. eight, eight yeah. games left on average? Ten. Ten. Somewhere in there. Because, like, the Astros have played 154 games. Honestly, so I would love to left. see the Rays shit the bed 
because I don't that that stadium sucks. I don't even know if they deserve a baseball team. They and don't. Would, that baseball team should be four thousand percent don't. And I would love to see the Orioles sneak in because they've been one of the most fun teams to watch post All Star break. Agreed. I fully agree with that. Um, okay, moving on to the National League. The Mets and Braves have clinched playoff berths from the National League East. They are duking it out for that division. They're one game separating them currently. That that race is nuts right now. Um, nobody has clinched a playoff berth in the NL Central. The Cardinals are a game or two, it seems, away from clinching the division. They will likely do so. Uh, so it's probably going to be the Cardinals in the playoffs. And then, obviously, the Dodgers have clinched. The Dodgers have, with 10 games left, the Dodgers have clinched the best record in baseball. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. You know what's weird? This is this is, a, this is like, not... I, I don't even know, but, like... I don't know how to word this. I'm sorry. But the Dodgers are... The new Yankees. Yeah. And, have they, and they have become more hated than the Yankees. Like you look at the Yankees. I don't 100%. even understand. Like, I don't even understand why the Yankees were so hated for a while. Oh, they buy championships. Dude, the core of all their words, World Series championships were their own guys, right? Jeter, Rivera, Andy Pettit, uh, Posada, right? They were their guys. And right now, the core of the like Aaron Judge, he's their guy. The the Dodgers, on the other hand, I think they beat the the uh, they beat the evil empire era of the Yankees when it comes to if we can buy them we can have them it's wild and but for I some reason people agree. love them they're not hated like the Yankees were and I don't get it I hate them yeah you hate them but hate them. you hate them but that makes sense but like gen, like gen, does general MLB fan just hate the Dodgers like I hope I don't so know. they fucking should. <laughs> Well, no, because general, general fans are all bandwagons. General, fa- every That's general true. fan is a That's bandwagon. True. That's why the Patriots have any fans at all, That's right? Like nobody lives, nobody lives in that area. New England, it's not no real. No people live there. It's it's not a hellscape. It's a wasteland. Nobody lives there. Okay, nobody lives so, in Los Angeles either. Nobody lives in no, but people live in Los Angeles, so they have more bandwagon because they're already there. Right, but also Jamie, they're only um, what is this? Uh, they're only like four games up on the. So it Astros. says it says the league best league record, and that must mean National League because I just saw that also. Yeah, must be. So they have clinched the na- best National League record with ten, 10 games, games to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's still just ridiculous. Um, and then in the NL wild card race. We have the Braves, who have clinched a playoff berth. Uh, the Padres, Phillies, Brewers, and Giants currently. Uh, the Giants are eight and a half games back with 10 to play, so that's probably not going to happen. Other than that, the other four are within a game and a half. So the National League wild card race and that NL Central race are going to be fun to watch here in the next week or so. They are the the centrals. Centrals a fun one. It's uh, very interesting there. What's going on? I I, I thought the Brewers were going to sh- shore that thing up, but I mean, I, I this sounds weird, but I mean, I feel like you can attribute this 
this surge and this good play to the Cardinals, Pujols, man, he's hit some important, like his home runs haven't just been, quote, garbage time home runs. Like they've been some clutch home runs, dude. Like, yeah. God, the Cardinals. Well, everything's I, clutch when you're within a game of the team that's chasing you in the division. I hate the Cardinals because for see, they're, they're a weird team that's not unlikable, and it's just so weird. I agree with you. Anyway. I still don't like them, but I don't like anybody, so. <laughs> well, Doesn't cheers matter. to you, Jamie. I like the because, Mariners. I like yeah. the Mariners. I just cheers. bought a Mariners hat, actually. The Mariners. Mariners should be better because they got a really good color scheme, beautiful uniforms, great stadium, but... They messed up. Best, best logos in MLB. It's beautiful. But uh, no, cheers to you, Jamie, because as a Red Sox fan and a, and a Rockies fan, we had to deal with this season, and it oh, sucks dude, for both of us. Joke. So, Oh, cheers to I you. wanted to bring this up, and it's not in our rundown. I saw the other day that the MLB is uh, looking at one of the biggest changes maybe in the history of the sport in terms of viewership. Um and fans and that is getting rid of the blackout restrictions fuck yes blackout restrictions should have been got rid of potentially a years potentially ago. starting next season um, do you see like other leagues are invested in this yeah, too NBA, like nba and nhl are the other two that are looking at it super heavily because uh, the nhl nfl pretty much already has done that um i this, this would be massive for Everybody that's not named Comcast, Dish, or DirecTV. Fuck them. Yeah, no, fuck them for sure. <laughs> right, Chris? Fuck those guys. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, not really, because uh, while my time at NBC came to an end, and that was unfortunate, absolutely loved the opportunities and working there. Now, blackouts, real quick. These things are so antiquated, and the only reason yes. they're around right now are for those corporations that you've already mentioned to make more money because you have to buy a TV uh, deal. Do you know why blackout restrictions initially happened? Like, why they were yeah. a thing? Yeah, it was so people would have to go to the game. Yes. Blackouts were based off of home attendance. Yeah. So if a team only sold or didn't sell X amount of tickets and the number was something like 80% or something like that, if they didn't sell enough tickets to the game, then as a kind of a punishment for people not buying tickets, they would black out the game locally, right? Yep. So that's how blackout restrictions started. But as TV contracts became more lucrative, you didn't need those ticket sales to sustain you as much because you were getting so much money from TV. But for some reason, the blackout restrictions stayed. And so you they found reasons to say, oh, we're going to black this out locally. You can't watch it because you can go watch it here. And it was all a way for already multi-billion dollar corporations to make more money. Blackout restrictions initially did make sense because you wanted people to buy tickets to the game. But hello, now that the like like the NFL for instance like the, yeah that they don't have a the, the shittiest team in the league sells out every single game now right but you kept those around as a reason to just make more money and that is they need to go it's so antiquated and so stupid i don't get it because get eyes on the game you will make money in right. the end right if baseball the nba and nhl need to do anything it's get eyeballs on the sport Right, because the NFL is going to get eyeballs no matter what they do. 
the NFL is a license to print money right now. So they pretty much can't screw this thing up. Uh, those other leagues need to be doing everything in their power to be making sure that every single person that wants to watch their product can watch it. Which is why what George Klyovkov is doing with the Pac-12 is so intriguing as well. Yeah. Um, and for those listening, George Klyovkov has basically come out and said that they're in talks with Hulu and Amazon Prime, I believe, because their goal is to make it so anybody can watch any Pac-12 game anywhere. Which is so smart. It's You need to get eyes on your product. And uh, so that excites me because I am a recent cable cutter. So while the Rockies have been bad, I haven't had the curse of watching them because I haven't been able to. So uh, maybe they will just make me suffer by allowing me to watch the sport that I want to watch more readily. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> Let's move on to football. We're going to start with the NFL. Football. We're saving get, college football, football for last because we tend to go for a very long time. Yes. So we're going to start with the NFL. Week three is now in the books. Uh, it's Monday while we're recording this. The Monday night football mm -hmm. game just ended. Uh, as we sit here today, the Miami Dolphins – and the Philadelphia Eagles are the only teams that do not have a loss or tie on their record. It's uh, something I didn't expect to come out of your mouth. Anybody's mouth. That's all right. Des despite what the records say and what happened in recent weeks, the Bills are still the best team in the NFL, and the Chargers no are still the that. best team in their division. I don't care what you say. I don't know oh, I about agree. that. Dude, the Chiefs just The Chargers lost. looked terrible yesterday. Yeah, well, that's a whole other story because, A, they should have been smart enough. I don't care. A coach's job and a team staff job is to protect a player from themselves. They should have just Agreed. held Herbert out. They should have held Herbert out. You could tell that have. that injury was still bothering him a little bit. And then when you get down by 20 points and you're still trotting him out there to take hits, that's just pure stupidity. Pure stupidity. A healthy Herbert, healthy team. I still think that's the best team in that division, especially since, since the Chiefs just went and lost to what I think is one of the worst teams in the NFL. Not the worst when it comes to talent, but one of the just worst prepared and worst co uh, coached in the Colts. Um, I'm a and, and and to be clear, I think Chargers Chiefs is definitely debatable. I, if you say Chiefs, you're not wrong either. Um, but Buffalo, I still think is the best team in the NFL, despite losing to Miami. I think the entire AFC West is generally overrated at the moment. Um, the Chargers, I think, probably have the talent on that team to be the best. Um, but terrible coaching decisions like letting Justin Herbert play on Sunday go into how good that football team is. I mean, the coach matters. It, it may not matter as much, but it matters a little bit. And that he should not have been playing. I mean, anytime he got touched, he was wincing in pain. He should not have been playing football yep. yesterday. Absolutely. At all. You know who else shouldn't have been playing football? Tua Tunga Vailoa. 
Definitely not. Oh, that was Jesus. that was not a fu- that was not a back injury. Are you kidding? Yeah, dude, I, that dude was look, fucking. I didn't even play football much. I played very little pee wee football, but I know what it feels like to have my bell rung, and I know what I do when I get my bell rung. And it's shake your head, and you stumble, and you fall down like he did. I he mean, buckled every he fucking every buckled every single person that saw that play and saw the aftermath of it knows what happened. Yes, yes, he has bell rung. Two things. I have I have had a stiff back or thrown my back out, which is similar to what they're describing he's done. I have had a concussion. And only one of them made me uh unable to stand, and that was the concussion. <laughs> like Yep, I am currently dealing with a fucked up back right now. And um I can tell you what, I haven't fallen once. See, I have <laughs> I can no. tell you when I had a when I when I had a when I had a concussion in high school, um, I fell like right when I was just right away. It's weird. Like, so I have, like Tua did. Yeah, I have like legit. Did, and then I took my SATs the next day. <laughs> I have nice. legit thrown my back out multiple times. Whether it's a just getting old or b lifting heavy at the gym, uh, and every time I've thrown my back out, you know you threw your back out. And it's like a slow. Okay, I got to get to the ground to get the pain mm-hmm. away. But I, mm-hmm. but I don't get wobbly legs. Like I still have control of my body. It's just I'm in severe pain. Now the concussion I had was legs left me and everything went black. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I didn't lose control of my bodily function. And what to watch him get up and I mean that's that's scary. He to get oh, up and yeah. stumble. And obviously when he gets up, and the first thing he does is I mean the first thing he does is does this. Shakes his head. I mean, grabs the face mask. I mean, that's that's scary stuff. Um, I don't want to say that like the team purposely put him back out there. I mean, it could have just been a misdiagnosis. I mean, that's this kind of stuff that makes you, you know, lose your job or lose your license. Put a guy back out there, but he he shouldn't have been on the field. That was not a back injury, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't even care what protocols you have to go through. Like once you get into the tent or once you get into the locker room. Like, if anybody saw that play happen, you're just done. Grab his helmet. Don't let him go back in the game. I don't care what the protocol, what he passed or didn't pass in the locker room. I saw the aftermath of the play. You're you're done. That's it. (laughs) You're done. Um, However, the Dolphins are 3-0, and they did beat Buffalo. Did you guys see the video of, I forget the Bills, um... Was it Glenn Dorsey? Ken Dorsey. Ken the Dorsey, Bills yeah. offensive coordinator in the booth yeah. at the end of that game. He didn't get the he didn't get the NFL's memo. He didn't get <laughs> the memo. Was what? what memo? Well, after Tom Brady apparently ruined two tablets during the game last week, the NFL sent out a memo to all their teams about how they need to not destroy the tablets during games. Ken Dorsey, I don't think he got that memo because he destroyed that tablet. (laughs) The the MVP award, the MVP award for 2022, though, though, does not go to Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or anyone else who has a historical year. The MVP award in 2022 goes to the Bills staffer 
smart enough to slide his fingers in front of that camera so that the recording stopped picking up Ken Dorsey. <laughs> That's MVP <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, agreed uh we also saw some crazy shit in the nfl this week um we all know the infamous butt fumble from mm -hmm. mark sanchez when was that like 2014 or something the butt fumble we now is have no more. we now have the butt punt <laughs> just what is it's happening? not it's not quite as silly as it's the definitely butt fumble. not it's definitely not because it makes sense if you watch the play, but yeah, yeah. it's still hilarious. Oh, it's funny as shit, but it's like the butt fumble will forever be the stupidest play that's ever happened in the Dude, NFL. Dude, ESPN, so you know ESPN does like not top 10 or whatever on Fridays? Yeah. And mm -hmm. they had like the reigning, like they would have like the, does the this week's one overtake the whatever the soup they had to like memorialize that one and put it to bed because it was never going to be beat in the not top 10 never that might be the most infamous sports play of all time it is the dumbest thing to happen in sports ever <laughs> it's also like the best oh so good <laughs> so good Isn't it thanksgiving too I'm pretty sure Probably. it was Thanksgiving. That's, that's I'm pretty sure it was a good. Thanksgiving game, like the night Thanksgiving game. Just like millions of people saw that. So crazy. Um, and then... It's proof, Jamie. No, it's proof. It's proof that time is cyclical. Yeah. Time is not a straight line and time repeats itself. The fact that you get a repeat of a butt fumble and Dan Orlovsky the same weekend, time is time is... That's it's where I was going to go next. Dan Orlovsky, famous for running out of the back of the end zone as a quarterback because he didn't know where the back of the end zone was, uh, is vindicated because Jimmy Garoppolo did it yesterday in the Broncos-Niners game. <laughs> and his tweet storm after that, just like, freedom! That's the greatest tweet <laughs> in the history of the app. I don't care what you say. Just the, yeah. I've never been happier. Freedom has currently has 170,000 likes. I don't know what the actually most liked tweet is. I believe it's an Obama tweet. I'd have to look it up, but I don't care how many likes it has. That is the greatest tweet of all time. And it made me a Dan Orlovsky fan. I like Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> like he's on first take, I think, in the morning, and I think he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Also helped the Broncos win in a really shitty football game last night. It was good really defense, like I, like we talked about last week. Like I don't mind a defensive struggle football game, but it was just like both of those teams tried everything in their power to lose that football game. Yeah, and, and to Jimmy G, I, I I'm gonna defend him for a second on the Dan Orlovsky play. If you watch that play, holy fuck, dude! Like, holy fuck. The Niners have five players lined up on the right side. And Denver and rushes three on that side. They had four down linemen. They didn't blitz or anything. So, yeah, they didn't blitz or anything. So they only rushed those four down linemen. Now, one of the guys out there of those five people on the right side 
Um, excuse me, uh, four people on the right side. One, two, three. No, it was five. They just looked like four. Uh, was uh, Juice Check. So he 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 ran out and he ran a route. So you still, but you still had a plus one. Two of those three Denver D linemen got past that line almost untouched (laughs) and put a shit ton of pressure on Jimmy G. Now, it sucks because it was stupid to go out of the end zone. But still, what are you supposed to do? The ball's on the one-yard line, and you give no resistance, and you put that pressure on your quarterback almost instantly. What's he going to do? So the Broncos actually got – it also got – it was picked, but that was overturned. That was pick six. <laughs> this is what I said on Rip City don't, Radio don't today: do it. was everyone don't. is dogging Jimmy G? Forty but he chess, baby. The room. He saved the team four chess. points. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Don't dog the guy. That's just smart play. All joking aside, uh, terrible play design. Terrible. Back up against. Okay. If you guys are the coach, I want to know if you'd run this different. But back up. You're on your one-yard line. You are in your own end zone taking that fucking snap. You're either running up the gut or Definitely you're passing the ball. That. They ran a fucking Definitely play action. That. Do you know how much time also, that takes? That takes time away for the play to progress and puts your quarterback in a very vulnerable position, especially also, when the entire right side of your line doesn't your block. That is terrible play calling. Seven steps back which puts him in the back of the end zone with zero room to move. Like if you're going to throw the ball in that case, it's either shotgun, quick slant. If you watch the play real fast or a three-step drop if you're going under center. But really with I'm yeah, just and if you like, watch the in play that circumstance Jamie, with that football team specifically cuz like the, enti- the Niners entire offense is based around the run game. And if your entire identity and your entire offense is based around running the football and the one place where you need to get one to two yards to be able to breathe, you don't run the football, what are you doing? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And if you watch the play progression, I mean, by the time he's he's ran the play action and got into a position to actually throw the ball, he's at the top of the Bronco font in the end zone. So that leaves yeah. him, what, maybe a four-yard window to actually scramble backwards. And by the time he's ran the play action and got in a position to throw, two of those three Denver D linemen have already penetrated the line. He was in a zero-win situation. It's it's easy to blame Jimmy G for doing that in the moment, but if you look at the play and actually break it down frame by frame, I don't blame him. What the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah. He was either going to take a hit and get a safety or run out of the back of the end zone. His only pass was a, yeah, it was, it was a bad play call. It put him in a position to fail. And then he's an easy scapegoat because he's Jimmy G. But I I, honestly, I know it sounds weird to defend him, but I'm just not putting all the blame on Jimmy G on that play. (laughs) Um. One thing that makes me happy in the NFL is the Raiders are now the only team that are winless or tieless because the Texans also don't have a win, but they do have a tie. So, (laughs) I mean, who would have thunk, Eli, that Josh McDaniels is a bad head football coach? You know, um, it's hard. You know, it's really hard because, like, there's no history there to, like, tell you that he may not be very good. Yeah, like, it, you know, 
I mean, and he, but he's so good with quarterbacks. <laughs> so, you know, there's, yeah, we're, no, there's no history there. So, uh, no, I, nobody saw this coming. Nobody. To be fair, they've won, they've lost three close games, but they've still lost. No, Chris. Chris, just let us say. I know you want to shit on him because of the history. No, I will not. No, no, shut up. Three games, three games, three games by a combined eleven points. Now they they are the most un zero and three zero and three team in perhaps you know recent history of the league. The tough part for them in that division. No, you're toast. It's going to be tough to rebound. Like a zero and three start, you're. I mean, unless West. something miraculous no happens, you're not going to rebound from that. You're the, not going to be able to make I, okay. the playoffs. So the flip side of that the Chiefs, coin the is Chargers, if you the Broncos, do start to turn it tough. around, instead of losing close, you win close. The rest of those teams could beat each other up enough that you stay in it. That's the only hope they have. Yeah, no doubt about well, it. Well, the next probably the next two weeks might be the most pivotal weeks of their season. I mean, they got the Broncos, Broncos and the Chiefs. If they right. Yeah, sure. if they win both of those, then you're right back where you want to be. You don't have a winning record, but you've at least re- rebounded within the division, back on the winning yeah, if track. If you start 0 and 4 uh, or 1 and 4, you drop one of those, it's yeah, done. your your season might be done. Which is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Your season uh, might be done. The rest of the league is basically basically 2 and 1 or 1 and 2, which is awesome. Parody. That is parody. That's that is my contribution to the segment. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> also, proof that time is cyclical. Uh, who would have thought going into week three that I guess Brady Rogers ended up being pretty good too? That would probably be the number one quarterback matchup. But who would have thought that going into week three, one of the best quarterback battles back and forth of the week? Not me. Would have been Geno Smith versus Marcus <laughs> Mariota. I love me some Marcus, but I love me some They had Marcus, a battle, dude, and they both Marcus. looked good. Go, Marcus. Here's a question I want to ask you. I posed this to Dwight Janes on the Rip City uh, Drive today. I watched that game, Seattle, Atlanta. I thought Marcus looked good. Marcus is an average NFL quarterback. Um, that's for sure. But he's more than capable of starting on just about any team that needs him to. So my question to you, because I pose this to Dwight, and I kind of wonder, like, what if you put him on a team like the 49ers? I'm not saying replace Jimmy G with him or whatever, but you put Marcus Mariota on a team that actually has weapons, that has Debo Samuel, has George Kittle, has some backs, has a good offensive line. Like, he has Kyle Pitts, but he doesn't have much else, uh, out, like, no line to really speak of. If you gave Marcus weapons, he's not a bad quarterback to have, which goes back to something you and the the I and the two of you have said forever, and that's Fuck Tennessee messed that up by giving up on him to go to Ryan Tannehill, who's overrated as shit. They're terrible. And they're realizing it right now because their team sucks. Derrick Henry's like Derrick Henry's fall off has been intense. And he he could very well bounce back this week. Who knows? But I don't think it's Derrick Henry's fall off. I think it's their stupidity in getting rid of AJ Brown no, and having the guy no threats from wide receivers the to same. spread that field. That was no, the whole no. reasoning. And I said that was stupid. Oh, yeah, You're that's a proven yeah, commodity. That's the fucking answer. <laughs> Stupid, you did. And there's, yeah, so you have no deep threat, no passing game truly, 
And now when you go up against defenses, there's no fear of loading the box. So you get to you get to game plan for Derrick Henry now. You it used to be you got a game plan for Derrick Henry and their offensive weapons. Now you just get to if it's like, dude, I'll bottle up Derrick Henry. If Tannehill beats me, he'll beat me. But that ain't gonna be enough to win the game. That might have been one of the dumbest moves for that team was getting rid of AJ Brown, and it's proving to. that Tannehill is not fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. Been calling that for years, years that that was a giant mistake. And you're right. Marcus Mariota is a bottom half of the league starting quarterback. Yes, but he's still a Just starting caliber quarterback. He is. And, and you know, those teams that are stacked everywhere else other than the quarterback position, if you use him properly, he's going to win you football games. Mm. He's just not going to be the guy. He's not going to go out there and be Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to go be Aaron Rodgers. He's definitely not going to be Tom Brady. But if you put him with an all-star supporting cast, he's going to win football games. Like this you got might sound an Alex Smith. Yeah. Well, it might yeah, sound exactly. dumb. Like, like, like if you're looking at quarterback arm talent, I would take Jimmy G over Marcus Mariota. Agreed. But if you're looking at quarterback game management and ability to not make stupid mistakes, I'd probably take Marcus over Jimmy G. And on a team like the 49ers that has a Super Bowl roster around it, give me the game manager all day long. I don't need arm diamond. Like, I, I, just, I just need a guy to go out there and just get the job done. Like, even when Marcus throws a couple of INTs, like, they're not shit throws or completely just bad reads like of course every quarterback has one before anyone wants to say oh Chris blah, blah, fuck off a lot of the time it's just like dude it just happens but when it comes to just managing the game calling plays and doing what needs to be done I think he does a good job he's got the the, he the Joey Harrington complex where he's just been dealt some really really crap situations yeah he does um the one, the one knock I'll add on Marcus, and he had this problem at Oregon, is he tends to fumble. Does ball security issues, sure, but and he's done so in some critical situations in the past. So that I'll just add that I love Marcus. I want Marcus to succeed. Um, just not going to be a top tier quarterback in the NFL. Here's the thing: like I, I look at it like this: if if the Broncos didn't get Russell Wilson, I would have been so happy if Marcus would have gone. Oh, for sure. And I didn't think Russell Wilson was a possibility, so I was all about Marcus Mariota coming to Denver. Yeah. All about it. Here's my question for you, Jamie, being a Bronco fan. Mm -hmm. I'm also a Bronco fan, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, do you count? (laughs) Every time you talk about the Broncos, you ask Jamie because he's the Bronco (laughs) fan. I grew up a Bronco fan as well. Did you really? (laughs) Yeah, okay. yeah, my dad my dad was a Bronco fan and so I grew up loving the Broncos. Okay, I'm I, I'm not going to lie, Eli. I honestly thought you were only a Bronco fan because of your your time in Denver. I did not know you grew nope. up. That's awesome. Okay. Lifelong Bronco fan. Okay, I take it all back. I apologize for not including you. I feel like a jerk. Appreciate now. you. Okay, so both <laughs> of you then my question is watch uh, having watched Russ firsthand multiple times and covered his games. Russ's strength is allowing him to get out of the pocket. And his what makes him best is making the best out of broken plays as well. Yet, for some reason, 
the play calling so far has tried to force him to stay in the pocket, which is not his strength. The game-winning drive against the 49ers was where where you let Russ cook and he got out of the pocket and made multiple completions on broken plays where he used his athleticism outside the pocket to wait until the receiver got open and threw to that receiver. Why are they not calling plays more effectively to his strengths rather than trying to force him to be a pocket passer, which is what he has never been? I think it's pretty clear what's happening. Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know what he's doing right now. Could he could he absolutely turn this corner? Yes. He could. But right now, he is he has ankle weights on and he's trying to swim. The man is in over his head right now. Um so he like I mean, we saw his decision making has been suspect at best. So I, I think you're seeing that right now. Like they're forcing Russ to do something he's not the best at, right? He's we all know he's a short guy. You're sit, you're you're trying to throw passes behind six foot seven dudes. You, you just you can't see. You don't like it's hard. Super. I think it's like like so you get them out of the pocket. They're not doing that, right? I mean, we've it, like you said, it's just you're just not letting him do what he does best. Like I said, and I think that that relies that goes that comes down to coaching. Yeah, and and, the, and this argument that oh he's lost a step. No, he hasn't. Look at that that game winning drive. That was pure Russ. He still has the ability to do those things. You're just not allowing him to do those things. So I think you need to give Pete Carroll a little bit of kudos, honestly, as much as people like to crap on him, for being smart enough to know how to use his quarterback effectively. Russ was a system quarterback. No shit. Every quarterback should be a system quarterback, and you should have a system that utilizes your quarterback's strengths to the best of his ability. It's stupid. But your guys' coach is so fucking dumb that he had to go hire an assistant coach to be a time management coach because he can't look at a clock and know when to call timeouts like dude you want to talk about uh ankle weights in over your head i don't know if i've seen a coach in over his head more than fucking nathaniel hackett look here's the thing i actually super agree with that for every coach in the nfl because they have a lot going on i understand if they're if they're like they're thinking about a lot of other things they lose track of time they should everybody should absolutely have a guy in their ear going fucking timeout Right, I get that. So okay, but you're right. He's in. <laughs> I'm going to react to all of this Do now because I just let you guys go. A uh, couple things on the I've I listen to sports radio all the time here, and they cover this. But do you listen nauseum. to Rip City Radio 620 on iHeart Radio? Not. You should. That's sports um, radio. <laughs> I should. Um, but I've been listening to Denver Sports Radio, where they talk to the players and the head coach, and they talk about this stuff. Um, I think a lot of what we're seeing in this early play calling is not so much that Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know what makes Russ good, because I think anybody that's watched Russell Wilson knows what makes Russell Wilson as good as he is. I think both of them, and Russ is a big part of this, realize that he can't do that forever. So Russ himself is trying to become more of a pocket passer because that's what's going to allow him to extend his career longer. I don't think this is so much that they don't want Russell Wilson to be Russell Wilson. It's that they're trying to all adjust at the same time, and it's not working very well to start. Now, we saw it happen yesterday, and Chris, you brought that up in that game-winning drive, and there was another drive in there. Anytime the Broncos moved the ball yesterday, it was because Russ was being Russ. Yep. 
It was he went through his progressions. They weren't there. He got out of the pocket, and he found a guy 15 yards down the field on third and six. That's what's made Russell Wilson phenomenal for the last decade, right? So that's what he needs to do, and I think they'll get there. A lot of this is Russ also learning his teammates. He's playing with an entirely new staff, entirely new players, and he's just figuring it out. And that, so like, some I, of some of that's gonna take some time. I don't want to be like doomsday. Like I'm not hitting the panic button as a Broncos fan. I think the Russ experiment is going to be very fruitful for this team. Um, I just, it's just not there yet, right? Like I don't think Nathaniel Hackett has like he doesn't have that yet. Russell clearly doesn't have the chemistry with the team yet. It's just gonna, like we said we we've talked about it over and over. The first five games with Peyton Manning sucked. Like yeah. it's it's just an adjustment period. Adding a new head coach on top of that is just adding, multiplying the problem. I think they'll figure it out. I like I think I think Nathaniel Hackett can hack it. Um, <laughs> he just he, he just needs the time to be able to grow into the role. Right, he's I'm, in over his head right now, but it doesn't mean you can't fucking learn how to swim. I'm pumping right. the brakes hard on the Nathaniel Hackett hate around here. Wow, I, that sucked. But the Nathaniel Hackett hate around here, I'm pumping the brakes super hard. Because I I can see what he's trying to do. It's just going to take time. He's he's in implementing a full new offense. You know, I think the big struggle he had to start this season is he's so used to being a play caller, and he can't get that out of his head. And when it, I I I don't think any NFL head coach should be calling plays because there's so many other things that they have to be paying attention to. Game clock strategy um that i just don't think that it's possible now if you are going to call plays you need to do exactly what nathaniel hackett did realize that while you're calling plays you can't be focused on all that other shit so have somebody that is i'm not going to view that as a knock on him at all in fact i think that's a sign of a great leader because you're you're identifying a weakness of yours and you are getting somebody in there that can fill that void. So I don't knock that at all. There's other head coaches in the league. I think it was the Falcons maybe head coach that was the offensive play caller and relinquished those duties because he realized that he couldn't do it and be the head coach. So I don't – I'm pumping the brakes very hard on both fronts, the Russell Wilson front and the Nathaniel Hackett front. I think this is going to be a great match. And by the time we get towards the end of this season and definitely into next season, we're really going to see this offense start to really uh, thrive. Cool. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of piggyback on that, it's like, are they a contender this year? Probably not. No, I didn't like, think they were to yeah, start I, the season. Neither did I thought I there isn't there was a very outside chance, and I think we've said this a couple times. There was a very outside chance they have the roster to be great. Will they this year? Probably not. They are in the toughest division in football right now. It's just it's uh, still very well could. This team yes. still could figure it out. Like everything could click in like week six and they could go on a tear. Absolutely. That is not out of the realm of possibility. Has it been great? No, not by any stretch of the imagination has it been great. But they've also won those two of the three games, and they were in position to win all three. So I was going to say, we're talking about all of this, and they're two and one. 
Right. And, and and the one was half a yard away from winning the one. While it was a bad twice. call, he almost fucking made that field goal. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody calm down. Like Denver, just chill the fuck out. It's going to be fine. You still have a Hall of Fame quarterback who will figure it out. Just, I'd keep pointing back to that Peyton Manning. Like, it sucked for the first four or five games real bad. And people were sounding the same alarms. Just woo saw. It's going to be fine. <laughs> woo uh one more nfl note um i think i saw i saw a meme and i did not fact check this at all but did i see that um what's his face the jacksonville head coach just tied urban meyer for the fifth most wins in franchise history (laughs) that can't be right i mean they they went to the playoffs like (laughs) not with urban meyer well, not well, not with Urban Meyer, but um, I Doug mean, they Peterson. back in the day with like Blake Bortles and all that. That's the playoffs. That can't be right. I mean, I love it, but that can't be right. I saw it was a meme. So okay, okay, zero I did, fact I did see I did see another meme that is like the funniest shit in the world, and it's uh, Kyler Murray. And somebody said Kyler Murray when he when Kyler Murray runs, it looks like a toddler who stole the last cookie out of the cookie jar. Exactly and you can't unsee accurate. it, dude. No, you He's can't. so tiny on the field. Like I, I I always forget how small Kyler Murray is. He's he tiny. is tiny. And it's so funny. As soon as they said it's, it looks like he stole his mom's cell phone or you know that's the meme. It's like looks like he took a cookie out of the cookie jar or whatever. It's true. He looks like he runs like a baby, kind of like Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch ran the same way. Don't get me wrong, Marshawn Lynch was a fantastic running back, ran like a child, (laughs) but he he did it super hard. You know, (laughs) when I watch Kyler Murray Murray run, it cracks me up because I I love how like people dogged Dak Prescott when his little warm up thing with his hips went viral and people laughed at him. Dude, it's a great, great drill that he runs, and Kyler Murray does it when he runs. Because what I love about when I watch Kyler Murray scramble is he instantly gets ba- his hips back into a ready position yeah. to throw. And he gets out of it to scramble and right back in super quick. So it looks kind of weird because I think he might do it better than any other quarterback in the in the NFL right now. It's so quick, and yeah, he's a little hot, so tiny. it's kind of funny. But honestly, like it, it reminds me of that Dak Prescott drill. It's all about hip placement, I, hip rotation, everything. The dude is I always never ready understood to throw. the hate for that drill. I, I was just gonna it say totally that. makes sense. Oh to my me. god, it makes it it's, right. it's makes one of the smartest drills I've ever seen. I have also never understood the hate for it. Right, and I'm not I'm not here to like sing Dak Prescott's praises by any means, but like how much he was getting made fun for fun of for that I was like. You guys just didn't play sports. Regardless, yes. even if it even if it didn't if it wasn't relevant, that probably feels good. Stretches everything out, right. gets the motion going. Like you, I, if but, anything, I was jealous. I, I might like, do it yeah, myself. I do that. I'm, oh, that's I'm nice. in the fucking hospital. But for, to your point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to your point, Jamie, you've never played sports because you don't realize that all the power in any throw you ever make comes from the hips. All from your legs and comes hips. from the hips. All of it. So uh, it's Come it's on, a phenomenal people. drill. But that's what it reminds me of. Kyler Murray's never great. understood. And yeah, a quick a quick uh Google search. Yeah. Uh Doug Peterson is tied for the fifth winningest coach in Jackson. <laughs> fifth winningest coach in Jackson. <laughs> With Urban Meyer, right? <laughs> With Urban Meyer, that is correct. 
Uh, but I mean, to be fair, they've only had nine head coaches. <laughs> still. That still means that they had three that were worse than those two. <laughs> Yikes. Who's their winningest coach? It's two wins. Their winningest coach? He has two wins. Yeah, well, there, is, there are four coaches who have coached the Jaguars who had two wins, so... Um, okay, when, so when he wins, when he wins three, guys. he's going to get a, their winning as coach. Uh, they have two coaches with 68 wins, but one of them has fewer okay. losses. Can you guess who is the winningest coach in Jackson? Don't search. Can you, can you, can you give us a, a multiple choice? Cause I couldn't name them. I off the top of my yeah, head. No uh, the two winning as coaches at 68 wins each are Tom Coughlin from 95 to 2002, so the first head coach, and then Jack Del Rio. But which one of those two has the higher win percentage? Coughlin. I'm going to go Rio. Tom Coughlin, 531. Jack Del Rio had a 489. There. All right. Cool. Let's move on to the greatest sport of all time. Yes! College football. Uh, just continues to be college football, and I this am year, here for I, it. Like, I remember last year being like, wow, this year is insane. This year's putting it to fucking bed. Like, this year has been out of control. Out of control. <laughs> and we're only four weeks in. Like, okay, so, listener, we do we do a little rundown. Like, we Jamie makes a rundown for our show, and then we just kind of we, – we were talking about today when we were doing a little pre-show. We were talking about do we want to do, like, a top 25, blah, yada, yada. And my whole thing is, like, I don't want to do it because I have no fucking idea where these people should be. Because no everybody looks gettable. Everybody looks at times like they're the best team in the fucking country. It's it's insane. That's why it's it's, like, this, it, suck. It, it, Every team looks terrible and great at the same time, and I can't decipher anything. Except one. Not every team. Except but one. A lot of them. Uh, yeah, except maybe, a couple, maybe two. but a couple. Maybe, They're both maybe, in the state of Colorado. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Air Force. <laughs> today, okay. It's not Air okay. Force. Today, today at Trailblazers Media Day, we interviewed uh, Jabari Walker, former Colorado Buffalo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I asked him, I said, uh, hey, you got two beavers in that locker room. There used to be a good rivalry between CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard when the Browns played the Raiders. You got you got any uh, nice little bet lined up coming up? Because, you know, the beavers do play the Buffaloes here in a few weeks. He's like, oh, yeah, I got something. I'm confident we're going to take that. I'm like, Haha, you don't watch college football. <laughs> oh, I'm, confident. I'm confident the Buffaloes are going to beat the beavers. You don't watch college football. You could have just said, I don't know. I don't watch college football. But you lied. Did it's you tell him answer. that? Did you say that? I didn't because we were alive <laughs> and I didn't want to be mean because he was kind of a wet blanket of an interview. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't watch college football. No, clearly not. Anyways. Anyways, let's do. We're going to start with a Pac-12 recap because that's what we watch the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start in the Palouse. Ugh. Which. My poor blood pressure. <laughs> my God, dude. So I missed half of this game because I was at the Colorado game. So when I came in, basically after halftime, I was like, what is happening? And then I saw the like random ass non fourth down play that the Pac 12 refs 
decided to do oh, yeah, the in that down. game. And I <laughs> was like, this this is just it's gonna be one of these Washington State games. Yep. It absolutely I mean, it absolutely was one of the it, the thing is, anytime uh, okay, here's here's it, here it is. Anytime they go to Palouse, the Martin Stadium, or anytime they go down to Arizona, it's gonna be a shitty game. Dude, I said this I, I, all I week. Even, it's why yeah. why does Martin Stadium turn into a house of horrors? I don't get it. I don't know. And like even I was talking to Jay, I think I think I was texting you about this, Jamie, maybe a day later or something. I was like, because you're like, it's only been like the last five years. I was like, no, no, no. There's always been a cost. They haven't always lost in Martin that, Stadium. That was a good point. There has always been a massive cost to play or at Martin Stadium. Nate Costa. <laughs> Get that it. was really good. That was really good. Uh, it was really good. Uh, listener, if you're not familiar, uh, Nate Cost was a oh, the ultimate backup. Uh, like, uh, I mean, he saved the season. So he is he is the he's the most revered backup maybe in football history. <laughs> he is directly responsible for that first Rose Bowl appearance. Directly. Yep. Directly. Anyways, um, there's always that cost, right? And this was exactly that. It was just fucking shitty to watch man it was so bad and like the i i tell you what like i wasn't like that worried through the game right like i it always felt like oregon was like right there they move the ball again like they move the ball like crazy they're between the 10 yard lines they were unstoppable and then something happened in the red zone that was uh, like credit to Washington State. They have a stout defense. They really do. Um, they have some big guys. They got some fast guys down there. No excuse to have. They had. Uh, they, Oregon had two drives that were at one point on the two yard line where they got negative yards from yeah, the two I mean, yard line. So the first thing I saw when I looked up this game was Oregon was in the red zone four times and had six points. No, I just. Like, what is happening? Yeah, I, I get that. But remember, Jamie, the the precursor here. He was at the Colorado game, missed a little bit of action. He tuned in. He thought I a lot. <laughs> he thought I was crazy. He thought I was crazy because he came in, fought, saw the score. It was a two score game. He texted Eli and myself and said, "This is not good." Jokingly, I it said, wasn't good. I, "Jokingly, I said, bro, you're dramatic. What's dramatic, blah, blah. Eli, <laughs> you were watching the game as was I. I was watching Oregon." for large, large chunks of that, dominate and get what they wanted. And defensively playing very well. That entire, like, th- there was a, a drive there in the second half where Washington State went up and they they, they made it the two-score game. It was trick play, trick play. Like, they had to get into their bag to get there. So, at the time, honestly, if you ch- if you tune in at that point in the game, first reaction should be, oh, God, this is not good. Watching the game... I felt extremely (laughs) confident in their ability to come back, and that's no bullshit. They got the receipts to prove it. I felt confident that they were coming back. I didn't expect the last two minutes the way it played out, but I thought they were still in a good spot. There was, for me, so I have kind of a Rose Bowl moment. uh, For Jamie knows what that means. Uh, When we went to the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin, um, every time I'd go to the bathroom uh, on on the concourse, uh, something great would happen for the Ducks. So at the end of the, the Rose Bowl, I just... the bathroom, not on the concourse. I, I, it was a porta potty on the concourse, Chris. Um, and I, and and so I watched like the final quarter of that Rose Bowl 
You did from the concourse in Oregon one. So I take credit for that win. Uh, but I kind of had that moment because, um, I like, I went to the bathroom real quick and I wouldn't know. What was it? I, I was dropping something off or I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, I missed like five minutes of game time. And that's when the, that's when Oregon had like an incredible drive. Right. And then I was like, okay, I came back. I was like, great. This is going well. And then Washington had that. I think the Washington state had the drive that you're talking about, Chris. And I went, fuck. And so, and I, then I was like, okay, like whatever, this sucks, whatever. And then I had to go to the bathroom. And then when I was in the bathroom, Oregon had another great moment. I think they stopped him or they, they held him to a field goal, even though they're on like the two or something like that. And I was like, I, so I turned off the game for like a solid 10 minutes. And, and then I obviously, and I couldn't, I couldn't do that for the whole game, but, um, and then, uh, yeah. So I missed, I missed a couple things in the game, but, uh, yeah, I like, I wouldn't say like I was confident. Cause at one point, like when I was kind of doing my Rose bowl thing, when I wasn't watching for a second, Jamie had texted me and said, are they, are they going to lose this game? And I was like, kind of looks like it, man. Like they, it was they got like oh, Washington State had gone up two scores late, and uh, but yeah, like I, I was like again, like I was confident in the like in the the plan and everything. It was just uh, like the the schemes and everything. Again, the schemes were all there until they got in the fucking red zone in the first half. Um, and I don't, I don't really know exactly what happened there. Like I like it was just uh, the per, the play calling was so fucking predictable. Like I was calling the play before it happened, but uh, there's a candy on the screen. Yeah, speaking of the ducks, this is my cat Chip, named after nice. named after Chip. You have another Kelly. cat named Kelly. I have a dog <laughs> named Kelly. Hell yes, <laughs> no bullshit. My cat's yes. name is Chip, and my dog's name is Kelly. We have Chip Kelly. Hell yeah, that's dope. And yes, that was done. Uh, but on yeah, purpose. I was I was pretty confident the Ducks could come back. Obviously, they like I like I, I think I even said it in our text chain. There's a lot of time left, right? Um, and shit, they pulled it out, and my blood pressure went through the yeah, roof. And I mean, I probably passed out a couple times, but <laughs> yeah. So when I said it looked bad, it it did look bad. <laughs> it did. No, it, oh, did, right. it did. And I wasn't it did. saying. It did. Absolutely it did. But watching the game, I, I felt confident in their ability right. to come and back. So as soon as I started watching and watched the third quarter, I was like, okay, I know what Chris is talking about because they're clearly moving the ball. Yeah. And if you look at the stats, it's like they're winning every statistical category except the score. It's like, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, it's fucking Pullman. Fucking Pullman, dude. Crazier shit has happened there. I was like, this is just going to be a black hole forever. Yeah. And then those last two minutes happened, and oh man, what a roller coaster <laughs> of emotion that was. Dead, dead. But you know, the Ducks. I... Had Here's the thing: the Ducks had their nitty gritty win for the season. They don't have to do that again to me. That'd be great. I'm not going to lie; that might have been one of my favorite games in recent memory. Because for so long, I've had to be unbiased journalist, right? And you put away that rooting side because you got to cover the game. And I've always felt I've done a, a good job. But I'm not that guy anymore. I'm a radio host who's allowed to be a fan. And I just got to enjoy that as a fan. That's the first time in a long time I felt my heart stop mid-football game. And I loved every second of it. It's, yeah. it's one of those love-hate things oh, yeah. that I just can't explain. Like, so like, for example, I was at the Rockies game Friday. We had a company Rockies game and I was yelling at the baseball field because they were being fucking stupid as the Rockies tend to do. And my mother-in-law was at the game with us because it was this big company event that we did. 
and she just looked at Kate. She was like, why does he do this to himself? <laughs> I was like, I can't help it. <laughs> this is just who I am. I said, I said, they're being stupid. That's not my fault. <laughs> You're not wrong. Fair. And so that's just, you know, it's it's a blessing and a curse. It is what it is. Anyway, Ducks pull out the win, 44-41. Washington State scored a garbage time touchdown, which at the time we didn't know was garbage time because we had no idea how much time was left on the yeah. clock. Whoever was in the booth. Fox. For- dude, fuck, it. fuck Fox, Just- dude. They should quit. They suck, <laughs> they dude. Should, They're horrible. They should quit. Their they announcers quit are terrible. And those announcers were bad. Their announcers are terrible. Their graphics team sucks. Their streaming platform is the worst one out of all the major platforms. Fuck Fox, dude. No. Fuck them. Bad. Anyways, the clock the clock graphic wasn't working, so we had no idea how much time was left. It could have been yeah, a minute. They actually scored been... with two seconds, I got, but uh, we <laughs> had no clue. I got nothing to say since Fox Sports Radio is part of the iHeartRadio network, so you know I got nothing to say. Yeah, you, you can, can plead you the can, fifth. It's fine. You can plead the fifth. <laughs> Fuck Fox. <laughs> Get better. Actually, here's here, no. I'll do Get you one better. better. Fox, hire Chris to run your fucking shit. <laughs> because he would do a better job. He, Chris could lose half of his brain and still do a fucking better job than whoever's running that pile of shit you call a network right now. <laughs> sorry, Chris, if that ruined your, your career, but it had sorry, to be said. Sorry, be back. Gotta take this call. Oh, <laughs> so I'm fired, huh? Cool. Oh, I'm fired. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, well, fuck off. I got a podcast to record. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. No, I just it, their whole platform just makes me angry. Clearly, rightfully so. It was bad. But Rip City Radio six twenty and on iHeart Radio is fantastic. Absolutely, it is the best. best. Uh, elsewhere in the Pac twelve, Colorado got throttled by UCLA. Mostly in the second half, it was still a okay game at halftime. And just it is what <laughs> it is in Colorado. Yeah. Carl Durrell needs to go. He can't coach. Agreed. That's that's. I, I'm usually not one for like quick firing coaches. The, the man needs to go. It's not a quick fire. Colorado has gotten worse every week that he's been the head coach. Well, I mean, quick hires and like it's only been a year and some change, but it's been two and a half. He came in twenty. Oh, this is his third year. Yeah, and twenty 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 twenty. I mean, he had a really rough start. Like he got hired late. He couldn't. So I was giving him extreme benefit of the doubt. It's it's all gone. He's he needs to go. Yeah, he needs to go, and Rick George probably needs to go with him. Should be because um, in the, Colorado has turned into a oh sweet, we added Colorado to the pack. Uh, it's going to take some time, but they're going to be good. Oh look, they look really good. To wow, why the hell are they part of our, our conference? To to legitimately the worst power five team. It's in the it's incredible. Like I said, yep. Oregon State thanks their lucky stars because Colorado takes that over there, and they might be they they might be worse than Oregon State's low time. Honestly, they are just because right of, now they are because at least Oregon State you were like okay you don't have you don't have that pedigree you have a reason to maybe be down it makes sense Colorado I've always dude you have a fucking national title you shouldn't be one of the worst programs in the country here we are it's Definitely incredible. Not. It's inexcusable. But here they are. Uh, moving on. Don't need to waste any more time on that. <laughs> um, 
the rest of the games, uh, never mind. There was Arizona Cal that happened in the middle of the day, and Cal finally got over their Arizona hump. Uh, Jonathan Wilcox has not been able to really get a foothold against them, and they won 49-31. to Arizona is also real bad. They're better than they were last year. Yeah, Arizona's expected. That is a low there's, bar. There's some turnover. Uh, they got some good talent coming in. I think they're going to be good. It's just not going to be this year. But, yeah, they're still the, they're still the doormat at this point. Yes. Um, and then we got to the night games. Utah took care of Arizona State. No surprise there. Uh, Washington took care of Stanford. No surprise there. And then the game of the week stuck on the Pac-12 network after dark was USC at Oregon State. And, man, did it live up to the billing. Yeah. Uh, real quick, can I go back to Arizona? There was an observation I made that uh, I need to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. Jaden Delora has one of the worst deliveries I've ever seen in football <laughs> for throwing. It is disgusting, and it takes a, a minute and a half. It is so bad. I don't know that I've paid enough attention. I, I don't remember. Comment. I don't remember him being like that at Washington State. I, 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 I honestly remember. I think the first game he started was against the Ducks as a freshman. He looked fantastic, and I came away from that game like, "Holy shit." We he have to deal with this guy for four years. A horrible delivery. It is long. It is like it is low. It is really far forward. I don't like it. I don't don't like it. <laughs> I, I like just that. like there's one thing I was just like, I don't usually notice that kind of stuff. Like when I'm wa- when I'm just like watching football, I'm not like analyzing mechanics, right? Um, I'll do it with offensive line every now and then because I can, but um, like. Why, uh, like Jaden Delores' delivery is so bad. I was just like, that it caught my eye. That's how bad it was. Anyways, we can go on now. Fair Jayden. enough. Game of the week, USC, Oregon State lived up to the hype. It was stuck on the Pac 12 network, which is a joke. Yeah. Dude, it I lived up to the hype in a complete, guys, in the complete opposite manner. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was still a great football game. It just wasn't what anybody expected it yeah, to be. Yeah. It was the exact opposite game, of what everybody expected it to be. To watch this game. Because the Pac-12 network sucks, and Jamie didn't want to give his parents login info to the world because he's <laughs> selfish. I had to lo- I had to open up an incognito window, go to the Pac-12, take advantage of the five minute preview before you log into your your uh, your actual account, and then I had to close the window before the time ran out. Open a new incognito window, post the link. Open. I was literally watching the game in four minute and thirty second increments. <laughs> Oh, Chris. It sucked. <laughs> I gave you a website, dog. <laughs> yeah, I didn't trust that shit. I couldn't get it to work. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna get fuck I'm gonna get ransomware, Trojan horse to hell. I didn't nah, trust it. It doesn't happen on that site. I didn't trust it. Good. Totally legal site, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I had the radio call up, so I wasn't missing it, but still, that was my journey. I just USC should have lost that football game. I thought Oregon State played very well, especially they defensively. They played phenomenal on the defense. Their side of defensive football. backs were so good. So good. Their defensive so backs impressive. were phenomenal. Had a chance to yeah. ask, ask, uh, ask Coach Smith about that today. Uh, and he talked about how they definitely stepped up to the challenge of facing one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. 
And you even one of the most talented at, wide receiver cores in the country. Yeah. yeah, and you even look at the game-winning touchdown. That uh, Caleb Williams fit that ball into a window that was closed by the time it hit that receiver's hands. Uh, mm. No joke. A, a quarter of a second later, that safety gets the tip ball. I mean, they, 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 that was not a bad defensive play. That was great defense still. You, it was you, a better You run offense. that play a hundred times, and that's completed one time. I mean, that yep. was a perfect, perfect pass. Mm-hmm. Just to the point, though. I mean, they they made Caleb Williams look pedestrian, and he is not pedestrian. That was yep. a great defensive performance by Oregon State. I was, I was, I was shocked about um, how... <laughs> I don't want to say def- the USC's defense looked good because they, they weren't that good. I couldn't, I, I was, Oregon State just couldn't capitalize. I mean, Nolan threw four interceptions. You don't come back from that. Yeah. No, um, you can't throw four interceptions. So where, where USC's defense lacks in fundamentals, tackling, assignment, everything like that, they get back in takeaways. Turns out. <laughs> I still, I still think they're an average defense. Um, I'm not going to oh, put no, them they're, much they're, I, I still think they're a bad defense. Yeah, I don't know if I'll I go that, that far, but I, I would say they're a bad defense if you go up against a quarterback who's not going to throw four interceptions. Yeah, well, where they where they won this battle was on the line. I thought Oregon State's offensive line was going to play a lot better uh, defensively. USC's defensive line just obliterated them, and it put Chance Nolan into quick reaction situations. And that's just not his strength. And and you know, up against the wall, up against the clock, he, he made some mistakes, and it was because of that front seven, which is going to be really interesting going to Utah this weekend because uh, that Utah Utah's defensive line is a better defensive line in USC. They're going to put pressure better. on Nolan. <laughs> Don't be surprised if he has another two-pick game just because he's just going to be rushed into those type of situations. Yeah. Um, so USC, they, they did what they needed to do, but Oregon State did. God, they really should have won that game. The Oregon Definitely. State lost that game. Yes. That's, I, 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 that's another game where I view that as an Oregon State loss rather than a USC win. That makes sense. I get it. Yep. Elsewhere in college football, not to get too bogged down in the Pac-12, crazy shit just keeps happening. I mean, Michigan played a close game against Maryland in the big house. Uh, Clemson-Wake Forest went into overtime, and Clemson pulled that one out. It was a great game. Great game. Kansas State beat Oklahoma. In Norman. In Norman. In Norman. How? How many times do you think Kansas State's beat Oklahoma in Norman? I bet it's not a lot. I bet it's single digits. <laughs> They've been playing for a long, long, long time. Um, yeah, it may be double bad. digits, but not many. Um, percentage is real low. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky struggled a little bit with Northern Illinois. Still not buying the Kentucky hype. I do not buy the Kentucky hype at right. all. It's there because they beat Florida. That's it's the there only because reason. they beat a mediocre Florida team who isn't right. even ranked It was anymore. overrated to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Texas A&M-Arkansas was one of the craziest games that I've seen in a long time. There's just wild. crazy shit that happened that like you don't see. Like the touchdown that Texas A&M had where the guy like handed the ball off when he was getting tackled. Yeah. Just like that doesn't happen. And then the, the game-winning field goal attempt by Arkansas. Too, right? Yeah. And then the game-winning field goal attempt by Arkansas that hit the top of the upright. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, if that ball's five centimeters higher, 
it goes over the upright and the officials call it good. Yep. It's or, or, or legitimately five centimeters to the left. Yeah. Talk about it a game of in. inches. Game of millimeters. <laughs> yeah. Like that was insane. Um, Tennessee beat Florida in That's Knoxville. That surprising. game was also awesome. Yeah. Um, just a lot of crazy football games. Ole Miss struggled a little bit with Tulsa. Baylor struggled a little bit with Iowa State. BYU took a long time to take over that game against Wyoming. Um, Texas the, Tech the, the game, Texas. The <laughs> game that makes my heart a little bit happy. Just a little bit. I was getting there. I was getting uh, there. Not, I don't want to like shit on anyone, but watching Miami lose to Middle Tennessee. Not <laughs> lose. They got shit canned. Shit canned. Just a little, little bit was like, all right. All right. That's nice. That's nice. I will say <laughs> the one thing that makes me very happy about that is seeing all the Miami fans on Twitter coming out and be like, because they were giving Oregon fans or Oregon fans were giving Miami hard time. Like, be careful what you wish for basically when Cristobal left and they were like, man, were we wrong or an Oregon fan? Yeah, were right, they, were, they were just called Oregon fans salty and yeah, which I mean, Oregon fan is salty that yes. Mario left. Um, I'm, I'm no longer salty. I, I will full bore a thousand percent say zero salt because I think the Oregon program is actually in a better spot today than it was when he left. Um, and that's really no shade against Mario Cristobal other than I really didn't like the on-field product that much. And I yeah. love the on-field product right now in Oregon. Agreed. Uh, like, obviously, there's minor tweak, and they can improve every week. There's always sure. room to improve. But I, I like the direction the program's headed in now. Yeah, I saw a little cool. bit of salt, <laughs> mostly because of, like, for the national perception of the program. Right. Right, because this is showing, like, Maybe Oregon does have something special, right? Maybe Oregon does I have think, the, yeah. I, if anything, we should thank him. Both both of the last two coaches that have left for jobs in Florida that are their supposed dream jobs have at least to this point been total dumpster fire moves. Yeah. So. Just I real quick. Losing to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, just real quick. That's why you guys keep me around. In their history, Kansas State versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma is 77 and 22 against Kansas State, which Overall. means Kansas State is 22 and 77 and four ties. So 10 of Kansas State's 22 wins have come in Norman. Wow. Almost half. Yeah. Surprisingly, That's kind right? Of surprising. I was very close to single digits. <laughs> you were very close. This was the double digit win. Yeah. I was right a week ago. Up until, up until yep. You were. Right wrong, you baby. Were right a week ago. The name of the game on this show. Right wrong. So, that, number one. so again, college football just continue. And like I didn't even mention, Georgia struggled a little bit with Kent State. I don't want to say struggled because that game was really never in question. <laughs> but they gave up 22 points. If the opposing team touchdown. scored a touchdown against Georgia State or Georgia, it was Georgia struggled. I that was that was very clearly it was five field goals. It was it was, it was very clearly um, them looking past Kent State. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think they did a fair, single m- minute of prep work for that game. To, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> to be fair, that was one touchdown and five field goals by Kent State. So we say that they looked vulnerable. But they still didn't. First touchdown um, of the season, though. It was the first touchdown That's of the season. What I was saying. Last year, it took them like six weeks to get the first touchdown scored against them, though. Um, Kent State did have 188 passing yards, so good for them. 93 rushing yards. So that's not nothing against Georgia. But if that's the like, if we're like, oh, Georgia looked vulnerable because they gave up a little over 200 total yards <laughs> in this day in football, that just tells you where Georgia is overall. Um, Let's go to some previews for this week's action. Yo. We're going to start in the Pac-12 Friday night, first Friday night. Pac-12 action, Pac-12 against Pac-12 action. We have Washington at UCLA. Washington is currently a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a good line. That's a good line. Both these teams have a lot of potential, a lot of offensive firepower. Um, I do think think Washington does win this game. Um, I think they have a better defense. I think they're a more well-rounded team than UCLA. So I'm gonna take Washington, but it's it's fucking Chip Kelly, man. You can't ever you can't ever doubt him. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take Washington in this game. Washington. Uh, I'm also gonna take Washington. I think they're a much better football team, and they're gonna show it. Yeah, Washington to cover, and Penix looks like maybe the best quarterback in the conference right now. I mean, to be fair, Penix is done all that against really shit past defenses. Uh, I don't care about that part because of actually watching those games. What he's done has been incredible. His ability to extend the play. A a phenomenal quick release. I think that lefty release too throws defenses off a little bit. I've just loved what I've seen from him, man. He's really, really good there. I love Michael Penix. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. I I loved him in Indiana. I loved him in Indiana. Um, But like I think we should temper expectations a little bit, right? Because uh, he's done this against statistic, like historically bad, like DBs. Like Michigan State's defense, uh, their their pass defense is historically really, really bad. bad. Yeah, um, and so we got to temper that expectation a little bit. But I still see him being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I mean, I mean here's the thing: it's not like UCLA has these all star DBs. No, 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 no. no. So I don't think he's going to slow down much yet. And Washington really has an easy slate this year because the two teams in the South that they don't play, anybody want to venture a guess? USC, Utah. Yeah. So Washington, if you're looking at the schedule and saying, who's the test? It's Oregon, and that is it. Yeah. Oregon State. Yes, and Oregon State. But like if you're With looking those at DBs, the top, whoo, the top if they perform two, like but, that again, holy correct. shit. <laughs> but like if you're looking at like the top of the conference, Washington avoids the other two top of the conference teams. Yeah. So cool. Good for them, I guess. Uh let's see. Then on Saturday, we have Oregon State at Utah. Utah is a 10.5-point favorite. I think that is also a pretty good line. I'm going to take Utah probably to cover. I think so, too. Yeah, Utah I think is a lock in this one. 
And I don't I don't think that's a knock on Oregon State. I still no. think Oregon State's a really good football team. It's just a really, really terrible two week stretch. Yep. Had them. Oregon State beat USC, I think we probably still would have gone all three of us taking Utah. I still that's just how I good think, Utah I'd be, is. I think I'd be more inclined Utah. to not pick them for this game because of a big game hangover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Agreed. I got Utah. Uh Cal at Washington State. Washington State is a four point favorite. That's a I I think I think Washington State covers. I still I still think their offense is a little suspect. I don't know about like, Cam Ward's good. Um their defense is pretty stout. But um I, I like I have them to cover that. I think I think they win by a touchdown or maybe like ten. Um but it'll be interesting to see uh how Cam Ward per- keeps performing. I'm not I'm not on the Cam Ward train yet. People fucking love him. And I'm like, he's fine. I mean, they love him because of last week, and he did look pretty good last week. Um, I think this one's going to be tight, I think. I think I'm going to pick Washington State, but I'm going to pick Cal to cover the four-point spread. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I think that lacking Washington State offense is going to show and uh, I think they're also going to be a little bit down from blowing that game to Oregon that they definitely should have won score-wise. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to take Washington State. I, I still believe in that defense. Uh, to Eli's point, how I described Cam Ward today was that he's not in the Heisman race, obviously, but if he were, that game against Oregon was his Heisman moment. It was full of Heisman type moments. Like he had to have an absolute hundred percent best game I've played to do some of those plays. I just don't think he can do that on a, on a consistent basis yet. Is he good? He's absolutely good. I just don't think he's that good every single weekend. But he's good enough to beat Cal. Yep. yep. Agreed. And then in the three Pac-12 after dark games, Ugh. oh, I gotta figure this out. Let's in talk about toilet, TV ratings real quick, shall we? In the in the toilet bowl of the Pac-12 South, we have Colorado at Arizona. Arizona is a 17-point favorite. I actually think Colorado covers this, but Arizona is definitely going to win this football game. I'm going to go Arizona. I think that line's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know if Colorado's going to cover it. 17 may actually be the number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the Pac-12 can't be trusted. Colorado wins this one. Ooh. This is if if Colorado's going to win a football game, it's, it's this one. one or Arizona State yep. at home. Yep. Those are the two. So, look, and and they're starting true freshman at quarterback um Owen Owen McCown, Josh McCown's son, 17-year NFL quarterback. And he actually had some really good throws on Saturday. I'm not going to say much positive about Colorado, and I'm certainly not on any sort of bandwagon other than (laughs) fire Carl Durrell. But I saw stuff on Saturday that I hadn't seen yet. So maybe they figure it out and they somehow pull it out. I like your pick, Chris. We'll see what happens. Uh, Then we have Arizona State at USC. USC is a 26-point favorite. I like USC, and I like USC to cover. Same. This is going to be big. Yeah. Big, big blowout. It's going to be ugly. USC wins this one. Arizona State's defense is bad, and USC's offense is that good, and Arizona State's offense is bad, 
and USC's bad defense isn't that bad. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said, little kid. <laughs> but uh, God damn it, then, do I agree. <laughs> and then the unbelievably late nightcap, which I'm going to be on the East Coast, so this game kicks off at 11 o'clock. Oof. Is Stanford at mm-hmm. Oregon. Oregon is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, you said it's at Stanford? It's at Oregon. It's at Oregon? That's right. Um, I think Oregon covers that. Um, I think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder from last year. I think uh, they want to prove something to the Stanford team that just because you've got fucking mongoloids at your wide receiver, we're not going to take that this year. We got Christian Gonzalez, who's also 6'2". So... (laughs) Um, I'm going to take Oregon to cover. I think I think they have, um, you know, I, well, we saw what happened last time. Dan Lanning had a down week and what happened the next week. Um, and I would consider last week kind of a down week for Oregon. Um, I think they come back and they light them up. I think, I think this is Oregon and Oregon big. Um, I think Bo Nix is just going to shred this Stanford defense. I think play calling is going to fix itself. And I really think the story of this game is going to be the D line. I think Brandon Dorless is going to have a career day because that Stanford O line is not the Stanford O line of old. Um, and I just, I don't see many ways other than some random pack 12 after dark black magic that Stanford stays in this football game. I mean, if there's ever a time it's going to happen, it'd be fucking after dark, Pac-12. But yeah, literally just... latest kickoff possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, and like it's not the it's not the same power Stanford team that we've seen in the past. This game's almost going to kick off on Sunday for me. <laughs> Chris, tell me, again, dumb. tell me again how the Pac-12 after dark is a good idea. Uh, it's a good idea for one game at like yeah. 7.30, not at 9. All three of them together is dumb. Um, it's so bad. Well, guys, two words. David Shaw. No, <laughs> I don't. I knew you were going to fucking say I'm it. I'm muting you. I knew you were going to fucking say He's it. He's beautiful. He's a good coach. Cut good this, enough to win Jasper, this one, though. This, he ain't good enough to win this one, though. Oregon <laughs> this is going to be a bunch one. of dead air because Chris's the, mic is. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Oregon wins this one. Oregon wins this one handily because Stanford is not what it used to be. I still love David Shaw, but Stanford isn't. Do you a bad think he, spot. like, legitimately, do you think his seat's getting hot at all? Nope. Because I don't think Stanford cares. That's an academic school. <laughs> I'd agree. Okay. I think he's there till. So he, he doesn't retires. want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> and he and here, here, despite how bad that team has been and how bad his record has been the last few years, they still might be good enough to get to the Big Ten. So I don't know if the seat's <laughs> hot. That's fair. All right, elsewhere in college football, quickly, uh, just some other notable games. Uh, just going to go ranked versus ranked or close. You got the two teams in the Big Twelve that upset ranked opponents last week, Texas Tech against Kansas State. Uh, I got Texas Tech in this one. I think that Kansas State is an overreaction than being ranked. That would be surprising. The line on this is Kansas State minus eight. Mm. Oh. 
Not that so, that should sway your decision. You should definitely no, still stick with no, Texas I'm still, I'm still, I'm still taking. I'm picking Kansas State. It's in Manhattan, Kansas, not Manhattan, New York. Um, I'm picking Kansas State. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas State too. I just, I, I, I felt in the games that I've watched of them and the games I've watched of Texas Tech, I, I just feel like they're just a more well-rounded team. So I, I'm just taking that based off that. Moving to the SEC, we have Alabama at Arkansas. Alabama. Abilama. Abilama also. Uh, other Big 12 ranked versus ranked matchup, we've got Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor's a two-and-a-half point favorite. Vegas does not know what to do with this one. No. Um, I'm going to go Baylor. Yep. Just because they're at home. Just because they're at home. Uh, they're two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Home historically gives you three points, meaning neutral site. Vegas thinks Oklahoma State is the better team. I think they are the better team. I'm taking Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is the better team. I agree with that. I think they're also going to lose because it's the Big 12, and it's just going to be a big puddle of mediocre at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, Wake Forest at Florida State. Florida State is ranked in the AP poll and 4-0. and They are six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I'm picking Wake Forest in this one. I think Florida State's making a good comeback. They're headed in the right direction. They're not there yet. And Wake Forest showed us last week what they can do against top ACC opponents. I think Wake Forest pulls this one out. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Wake Forest kind of big, um, and like you, like I already said that I'm not as high on Wake Forest as I was last year, but like Florida State's four and against Duquesne, a bad LSU team, uh, Louisville, and BC, Boston College. Like it's not like they're it's not like they're shredding like these great teams. Um, I would take I, I think a I think a Clemson loss in set, double overtime is better than any of those wins. Hmm. Uh, so I, I'm taking Wake Forest and kind of big. I think this might be the hardest game to pick because I don't think either one of these teams can be trusted. I think they're uh, Wake Forest showed they can be good, but again, consistency. Can you do it day in, day out? Florida State, uh, another one of those schools that we talk about a lot, lives off of that name. Uh, but if there's a game that could be weird, it's this one, which is why I'm leaning towards the home team in the weirdness. I'm going Florida State. And then the primetime big matchup of the week, Clemson brings their nation's longest home winning streak on the line at home against NC State in a top 10 battle. Clemson's a six and a half point favorite, which I can't even remember the last time Clemson was less than double digit favored at home. Um, Kind of playing in the Chris's saying what he's saying in the last game, how there's just I just there's just that weirdness about that game. I feel some weirdness in this game. So I'm going with the upset for NC State. I'm taking I, I like at the beginning of the year I picked NC State to like totally coincidentally go undefeated. Um so I'm just gonna stick with that and just continue. Clemson is better than I thought they were gonna be. I still don't think they're back, but I think they're better than I thought they would be and but I'm still gonna take NC State. 
I am also going to take NC State. Uh, to start the year, that defense was a little suspect. Um, almost lost to Eastern Carolina. Since then, they have shorted up. Uh, and Clemson's offense still is not what it should be or what people think it is from the Trevor Lawrence days. Um, I think NC State pulls this one out. You know, I have doubted NC State at every turn so far this season. They have proved me wrong at every single turn this season. However, I'm a stubborn son of a bitch, and I'm going to continue <laughs> to doubt them this week, and I'm picking Clemson. Fair enough. They do have the nation's longest home win streak, so we'll see if that continues on Saturday. All right. That's college football this week. It's crazy yeah. shit. Sounds good. Crazy, Love it. crazy Love shit. College football. I was talking to people at work yesterday, today, and they were like, oh, yeah, did you watch all of football on Sunday? I was like, I watched almost no football on Sunday because I watched football all day Saturday. Yeah, dude. I like. <laughs> I'll throw on Red Zone if I'm home Sunday and I can manage to wrestle the controller out of my children's hands, but like. I watch so much football on Saturdays that I just can't afford to also be watching it Sunday. Yeah. That's where I am. Cool. Well, I, I took got a, the buzzer I got a, beater last week, I got a buzzer so I know beater. you guys I'm ready. say that I don't. But. I'm ready. All right. Eli's got it. Listener, thank you for tuning in. We love you. Go listen to some Zeta June. Thank you, Zeta June, for letting us use your awesome, vibey music. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones to go listen to us because we're bad at social media and promoting ourselves. So please do that for us, because that would be awesome. Until next week, Eli, take us away. <clears throat> Listener, my buzzer beater this week is of legend status already. Already, we're there. It's legend status, because... My buzzer beater this week is butt fumble forever, baby. Deuces. Deuces.